What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Brewmate. When founder Dylan Jacob turned 21, he quickly discovered that warm alcohol sucks. So he created Brewmate, the fastest growing drinkware brand in the world. Right now, Brewmate is giving our listeners a special discount of 15% off your first order when you go to brewmate.com and use our code MANIA. That's 15% off when you use our code MANIA at brewmate.com. And that's B-R-U-M-A-T-E. All right. You didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, he is my inspiration when it comes to fatherhood. Because as you guys know, well, some of you guys know, I'm a father now. Baby Brock Montgomery Yeager is here with us today. But D has been raising little D for 10 years now and imparting wisdom on me ever since. Mr. Derek Kaczynski, what's up, dude? I feel like that was an ad. I feel like you just. I feel like that was an ad, like a like another like you put another commercial in there. Scott. This episode is brought to you by Derek Kaczynski Fatherhood Classes. That's right. If you want to make sure that your kid sleeps at night, that your kid is only giving you the proper amount of diapers every day, that your kid grows up to be a champion in both basketball and football, you need to hire DKO's Fatherhood Classes. Yeah, we got football season and baseball season on the horizon. So uh, and it's WrestleMania week. What's up, D? Yeah. I- for me, for me, it's UFC Fight Night Week for uh, the Karate Hottie. I know this is going to be playing after we know the results, but I'm excited to see Karate Hottie fight tonight. Yeah, that's well, where I'm at. She's fighting tonight. This is running on Monday, April 1st, and so we don't know whether she won or lost, but we're rooting for her. Obviously, she's a member of the Challenge family after taking part in Champs versus Stars season two. So, wishing the best to our good friend Michelle Waterson, the Karate Hottie, who is fighting, but. This the first week of April D here in New York City is WrestleMania week. Uh, so I know a lot of our listeners are checking out some of the events. It's bonkers. There's like dozens and dozens of events, obviously culminating with WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Not sure if I'm gonna be able to make it, but gonna try. Like what? Like what? Like what's so they've turned WrestleMania into basically it's like every single wrestling company comes to the WrestleMania city and does like smaller shows. So like Saturday at Madison Square Garden, you've got Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling sold out Madison Square Garden in like a day. Uh, Friday is NXT at Barclays Center. Saturday is also the WWE Hall of Fame at Barclays Center. You got WrestleCon events at the uh, the Hilton and Midtown all week. You've got comedy shows. Dolph Ziggler's doing his comedy show at Caroline's twice. Jim Ross is doing his show at uh, Gotham Comedy Club, I think, on Saturday. you got a vintage merch pop-up shop by Wrestling for Sale on Saturday morning. You've got the... Uh, Wrestling figure podcast guys, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are doing their show in Long Island on Wednesday. You've got Mick Foley doing his comedy show on Wednesday. You've got Raw and SmackDown back at the Barclays Center on Monday and Tuesday. And you've got the Access Fan Fest at the Brooklyn Pier running Thursday to Monday now. And that doesn't even include all the like random autograph signings and stuff they got going on during the city all week. You'll have wrestlers doing radio shows over at Sirius and stuff like that throughout the week. So it is like... I mean, it's like Comic-Con meets the Super Bowl meets your birthday. I have no idea how to explain it, but it's nuts. That's what Challenge Mania Lives should be like. Well, one day, baby. One day. We're getting there. And I know you guys have been hanging tight waiting for news on Challenge Mania Live. Uh, We're waiting on a few things, ironing out some schedules, as I mentioned. Uh, My son is finally here. We're taking good care of him. But uh, once he gets a little bit older and once we figure out some other things, some moving parts, 
that uh, we want to make sure are in place so when we get these dates locked in, we know we can stick to them. We know we can bring some great challenge cast members to a stage near you. So stay tuned. I would say probably middle to end of April. We should be giving you at least some dates in some cities, maybe uh, end of April, early May, announcing some names. And I think it's going to be a big late spring, summertime, fall time, leading into next winter. It's going to be a big second, third, fourth quarter of uh, 2019 for Challenge Mania Live. But uh, that's not the only exciting stuff we got going on, D. Should I tell them about the brand new podcast I've got going on? Huh? All right, I'm going to tell them about it. Okay, so you, oh, I know you guys love Challenge Mania, and this is obviously my baby. This is our baby. I love talking with D about the challenge every week, but we have a new podcast that we're going to be bringing you, hosted by yours truly. It's called Cara Mania. That's right. Just like Challenge Mania, it's Cara Mania. But if you listen to Challenge Mania and you think, stop talking about Amanda, stop talking about Ashley, stop talking about anybody but Cara, this podcast is going to be for you. We're going to talk all Cara all day, all the time. And to celebrate Caramania, if you go to caramania.shop and purchase three car items, just any three car items, doesn't matter, including the new shirt, Dude, Where's My Cara, you get an exclusive item, the new Pauli Calafiori Big Dick Energy condom set. Now, I just want to, you know, disclaimer, these are probably not going to fit you. They don't fit me. They don't fit anyone but Pauli, but they do make fantastic lampshades. Caramania, ladies and gentlemen, go to caramania.shop, buy three car items, get the Pauli Calafiori Big Dick Energy Condom Set and to celebrate. And you've lost, I don't know how many people, Scott. Guys, Caramania is coming to anywhere you get your podcast: iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and the brand new Cara app, Cara Pool. Guys, it's going to be amazing. If you like this podcast, but you're sick of D, you're sick of me talking about anybody but Cara, that's the podcast you want to listen yeah. to. It's really exciting, and it's a great way to start off April, D. It's April 1st. It's a great way to start off April. It's getting all, the, all that other challenge nonsense out of the way. Am I right? And just, just honing in on what people want. Yeah. I can't wait for Ashley Mania to come out. I'm just messing with you guys. April Fools. Did you think I fooled anybody with that, D? <laughs> Oh, maybe you fooled yourself when like thirty to forty to fifty people just cut cut out right there. April Fools, guys! No car mania. We're sticking to challenge mania and the war room. The war room over at Patreon.com/slash/challengemania. Should we discuss the war room a little bit? Uh sure. We've got an exciting month when it comes to the war room, guys, ladies and gentlemen. This month, for the entire month of April, that's right, starting this Wednesday, April 3rd, going all the way through the entire month of April, every week on The War Room, we will be joined by Mikey P and Johnny Hickey. That's right, both of them, no matter where they are, they might be going through a drive through lane and have their cell phone in their chest pocket, we will be talking to them, bad audio and all, and hearing their thoughts on The War of the Worlds. I know you guys, you guys want to hear me, you want to hear D. But nothing you want to hear more than thoughts on War of the Worlds from DJ Mikey P and film producer and director Johnny Hickey. So we heard your prayers have been answered this month. You right. love April Fool's Day. That's you another April Fool's for April you guys. Fool's Day. Damn, Did I didn't I realize. Him? You think I got him? No. No? Dude, how random is it that we have an episode dropping <laughs> on April Fool's Can I let everybody know what I wanted to do last year? So this is funny now in retrospect, okay? So this is a true story, 100% true story. So we had this guy, uh, John Ryan Designs, he was helping me with some graphics last year, and he would put together our podcast promos. So I had this idea for April Fool's. I go, oh, let's, you know, let's do one for an episode that everyone will be so you know, uh, excited to see and they'll be surprised. So this is back before Wes ever came on the show, while Wes and D were still a little bit bumpy with their feud, before Nelson ever came on, kind of still in the heat of that coming off the fallout from- um, We're still bumpy. 
Me and Wes are still bumpy. But this is when, when I brought this to you. So I had him make this fake promo for an episode that our guests were Wes and Nelson. And I send it to D and I go, D, I'm going to drop this as an April Fool's. And D goes, no. He nixes it immediately. He goes, I don't care. We're not doing it. I go, but dude, it's funny. It's like making fun of the fact about how they probably won't come on the show. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. So I just want to tell that story now because this is how, this is how great this year has been for us. And I think what's, what's been great about this podcast is that since then, Wes has been on the podcast twice. He's been on our stage for Challenge Mania Live. I consider him a friend of the show. Nelson also has been on the podcast, one of our favorite episodes from last year. And he also joined us on stage finally after being a little bit late at uh, Challenge Mania Live in Austin. So funny how things change in a matter of months, D, but la- that's really funny. So last year I didn't have like an April Fool's surprise for you guys. I had one in the works. I had the promo already made. I could probably even find it. Um, but D nixed it. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't about that life. Uh about a, a year ago. I was but, like, but no. this year I smartened up also because I realized that say we did do that, everyone would have been really excited. And then when I was like, April fools, they're not coming on. They would have been disappointed. So this year when I was trying to come up with my April fools pranks or gags, I'm like, you know what? One rule is I don't want it to be something that when I say April fools, they're disappointed. So if I was like, guys, guess what? Amanda's coming on and everyone got excited. And then I said, April fools, then it's disappointment. So you're not like, Oh, that was funny. You're like, Oh, I'm pissed. But I think everyone's okay with there not being Caramania, besides maybe Caramaria Defender. That's weird, man. That's that's weird because you you say this about a year ago too, and and people would have been. I I don't know. I still think uh, it's weird how the tides have turned. You know, with with her, with Cara. Yeah, I mean, I just like see, read the tweets, you know, and I'm just like, I get like I get my Cara news from Cara. You know what I mean? Like with one tweet, it's like, oh, looks like Twitterverse is not treating her very well. Or she's not happy with it. And then, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I don't, cause you don't, I don't see what everyone's writing a car up. You know what I mean? She, you know, has her own like little, little world that, you know, we all do. We all have our own little like Twitter world that we live in. I don't see, you guys don't see everything that people write to me and vice versa. So when she makes like a, a statement, it's like, oh, Yes, it's not not real hot over there so right now. So I've been I've been trying to you know D and I we pre taped the twins episode. Uh, we we took probably a, we had a one war room. We got to you guys about a week late, but now we're back in the swing of things. You know I do have my son here and I'm taking care of him, but I can uh, I have been managing to find time to sneak away to do some podcasts. But I'll be honest, I have not been able to be on social media lately as much as I have been in weeks past and. I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but I have not been really plugged into what's been going on between Cara and some other cast members and people making claims about her relationship. And I know she had a tweet about Johnny in there that uh, actually I actually texted her about it when she uh, we spoke a little bit about that. But it's like, you know, some of these things I'm just catching and passing. And I don't realize that like multiple days are being spent on these conversations based on other cast members making statements about her and her making statements about other cast members and the Instagram live. So I haven't really been plugged into it at all, which I think is kind of a good thing because like D you and I have talked about how sometimes our show gets a little off the rails when it, it bleeds too much into that kind of zone of people using it to slander each other. Hey, we have this person on now we have to have this person on to get their side of this argument between these two people it gets a little bit further from what we want to cover. And I will be honest, the little bits that I have seen about this whole ordeal have been pretty nasty on, on both sides. So uh, by all accounts, a lot of things I've read, not just from the cast members, but by the people that support them. It's a bumpy road. You know, it's a messy thing to, to witness. So I haven't read a lot about it, and I'm actually kind of glad. So I'm actually, you know, kind of glad that I've, you know, not really been plugged into this whole thing. Um, 
Yeah, so hopefully it blows over. But you're right. I mean, it, look, we talked about it when she came on the show. You live long enough to become the villain after a while. She certainly has to a lot of people. So I yeah. think that's a Johnny Bananas. I think that's a Johnny Bananas quote, actually. Well, it's from The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just feel like I heard, I've heard Johnny say that. Well, yeah, he stole it from The Dark before. Knight. But yeah. a lot of people have been stealing tweet, uh, quotes from The Dark Knight uh, recently. We had them, Why So Serious?, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody. I'm waiting for Bear to get out there and quote Alfred about Wes and say, uh, some people just want to watch the world burn, Master Wayne. Something like that, you know. But that's my one of my favorite movies. I'm okay with you guys quoting it as long as you don't make out after, like Paulie and Carr did. And tried to ruin that uh, Heath Ledger quote for me. All right. Here's what I do want to say about The War Room, though. All jokes aside, this is 100% serious. This is not a joke. This is not April Fool's. This Wednesday, we're working on a big guest. I don't know if we've locked him in yet, but we're working on getting a challenge veteran, a challenge champ, who I think is a great person to get a lot of perspective on this season of War of the Worlds and some of the stars that are left. Uh, they have a, a long history with some of them. So hopefully we'll have that for this Wednesday, April 3rd. And then next, week, uh, next Wednesday, I have locked in Melinda. So the 10th, we'll have Melinda. Hopefully we'll have some more great guests for you this month. But also this month, I've spoken to him. We're working on scheduling it. We will have that long-form bonus interview with Mark Long, the godfather or the grandfather, as the Nolan twins might call him jokingly. Uh, he will be joining us for a long interview just with Mark. Sure, we'll talk some more of the worlds, but it's not the war room. It's a long-form interview with Mark that you can only get by being a Challenge Mania patron. This was a reward. Once we hit one of our tiers over there, we promised we would give our patrons an exclusive interview only for patrons that they got to vote on the guests. We put up a bunch of options. We, I think it was Kayla and Kahada and uh, Katie Cooley Mark, all returning guests. So it's not like we put up someone who you guys wouldn't be able to hear him for the first time. But Mark's been on a few times. He won the poll. He will be over there. Now, here's the here's the kicker. You can sign up right now and you're going to be able to get that interview. So even if you weren't one of the patrons that got us to that initial milestone that won you guys, Mark Long, if you sign up and become a Maniac patron this month, you will get the Mark Long bonus interview as well as these big guests we have joining us every Wednesday on The War Room. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I need to find out what's been going on in that that Kara world. I feel like it's, I feel like it's time to get caught up. Do you up. though? Do you? Yeah, because it's, it's like, it's messy, it, man. It's messy. It's like shots from every, every direction, but I got a feeling with our guest next week's guest, we might be able to figure that out. I mean, it sounds like a gem class episode to me, but yeah, but I can't get a hold of her for the life of me. Yeah. That's all right. I'm I just saying it just, honestly, it just sounds no like, idea. it sounds like we need someone to come on to give us the you know, the four one one on everything. Now I don't I don't need opinions. I just want to know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm sure some of our patrons or some of our challenge maniacs will gladly download you because a lot of them live off this shit. Um, cause it is like the soap opera to end all soap operas over there on social media. And you know, I realize like a lot of a lot of these, you know, cast members, no I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but you know, they they use social media to kind of get these claims out, these statements out, and that's their kind of preferred mode of, you know, because it comes to them and they, they react and they put it out there, you know, and then they get the retweets and they get the instant gratification and stuff. So, you know, the podcasts, you know, is one of those things you got to think about it. You got to schedule it. And like, you know, then Wednesday rolls around, ah, maybe I'm not in the mood to shit on Cara today, you know, whereas this stuff is kind of in the moment. It's very reactionary. And, um, 
you know, I don't like it. I really don't. I mean, and, and I, I do feel like, you know, the people who feel like they were wronged by her, that she's dragged their mud name down in the mud, that she didn't correctly give them credit for the support they were trying to give her. You know, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, some of the modes of how people are dealing with this, I don't know that I agree with it. And also like the public nature of it. You know, the idea that you got thousands and thousands of people reading this stuff, watching this stuff, egging them on, instigating this entire thing. It's messy, man. I know these are TV stars. I get it. I'm over you it. Know, but I'm yeah. over it, you know? I'm, I'm over it already. I'm over it already, Scott. Yeah. Say you don't no need more. To, you don't need to go down that Say rabbit no hole, more. you know? But I do want to talk about the rabbit holes we go into every Wednesday in the War Room. That's our bonus podcast series where after the show gets off the air, War of the Worlds is done at 10 by 10.30. D and I are on the mic. We're recording a 60-minute, sometimes 90-minute, sometimes two-hour bonus episode entirely about that episode of War of the Worlds. We take your questions over at patreon.com slash challengemania, and we take them during the show. So you guys can keep asking them, asking them, asking them until I comment, all right, we're done recording. We take them in real time. I'm constantly checking that comment feed and getting those questions from you guys. It's like a real-time discussion almost with you folks, and then we post it right after. If you stay up late enough, you get it on Wednesday night. People have been loving the War Room so much that we've got a ton of new patrons to announce. Okay, here we go. Thank you guys so much for joining the Pod Squad. Christine Bishop, Retrograde, Jill Ferguson, Sarai Quinn, Sophie Gerdes, Rebecca Siegel. Okay, hold up. Got to pause real quick because our girl Rebecca Siegel sent us something this week. A couple weeks ago, I put it out there. I said, I'm a little jealous of the wand off, which is something they do on our app where people make parody songs about Survivor, about Rob as a podcast. And we said, hey, if you're musically talented, if you've got a little comedic flair, if you can write a song, if you know your post-production a little bit and you want to put together a song parody about either Challenge Mania like Shuni did. Shuni put a uh, Challenge Mania, Mania. She, she did that one. We put that one in the last episode. And if you want to do one about the challenge, we might play it on the show. So I came up with this name for this segment. Tell me if you like it, Dean. Trying to come up with something that's like basically, you know, music related, kind of tying with all this stuff, kind of the war room and the challenge and music and submitting music and what made the cut and what we're airing. And what was the big music show on MTV during our adolescence and growing up when we were teen at TRL, right? Now, yep. some of these songs may be good. They may be bad. Some of them might be a little cringeworthy, but they might be funny. What about if we call this TR Hell? I like it. All right. I like so it. with the latest submission for TR Hell, I'm going to play it right now. Here's Rebecca Siegel. She told me she has a bit of a comedy background. She likes to freestyle as well uh, in the comedy world and on the side just likes to freestyle. So here is Rebecca Siegel nice. giving us what I think is a really dope version of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, except she is calling it, uh, what is she calling it? The Princess of the Challenge. Here we go. Rebecca, take it away. On MTV Reality, born and raised on the couches where I spent most of my days. Johnny Banana's backpack worn by CT. Derek and Joss's fight looking hella gritty. Banana steals the money. Cara wins on her own. Zach and Amanda send themselves home. I went to one little casting and challenge God say, you're going to the challenge with your uncle TJ. They bought me a ticket, international flight. Mystery location, I flew all through the night. It could be nice to just go for the fame, but I said, let's get to it. Let's start out this game. I rolled up to a house, had to race for a bed. Saw all these famous faces, they had just so much cred. Looked out at Camp's queendom, but remember my talent. Time to take the crown as princess of the challenge. All right, there you go. D, what'd you think of that? That was pretty cool, right? It's so creative. It's just something I don't think I could do. So yeah. I don't know how I don't know how you could do that. Rebe it's Rebecca, right? Yeah, Rebecca, Rebecca Siegel. That. 
And she's a new patron. Welcome to the pod squad. Double whammy. Well, Rebecca, we appreciate that. That was really great. If you want to put together something for TR Hell, send it our way. It could be about Challenge Mania. It could be about the challenge. Use whatever song you want. I think Parody Law allows us to use it if it's on the good spirit of fun like that. So send it our way, Podcast at gmail.com. And who knows, you might hear it on a future episode of Challenge Mania. But we do have more patrons to announce. Steven Sabalos, Brianna D'Alessio, Kayla, Jessica Luther, Desiree Dorman Caruso, Samira, Ali, Cedric Grant, Jessica Sanford, Dina Sponheim, Antonello Iowanu, Marcy McGregor, Sarah Bowman, Ainsley Boswell, Christina Heddle, Maria DeVello, Joshua Ryback, Beat me more. Ryback, Brenna Chopsky, MJ, Valerie Norton, Ben Osborne, Bertha Vasquez, Marvel Miles. Thank you guys so much for becoming members of the Pod Squad over at Challenge Mania. Patreon, patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. Yeah, thanks, guys. Welcome. Welcome to this crazy world that me and Scott live in. So who are we going to be joined by on the podcast today, D? The star of his own show. The star of his own show. And I'm not talking about Giant Bananas, ladies and gentlemen. No, you're not talking about Johnny Bananas. Who are you talking about, D? The one and the only. Gus Gus from Cinderella. Gus Gus from Cinderella. He was almost a Cinderella story on the War of the Worlds. Came up a little bit short against Bear last week. Him and Jenna going down at the hands of Bear, that dirty stinking rat, and Davon. But uh, Gus, man, had a nice little showing there on his way out with that with that daily challenge win, getting some props from TJ, standing up for his partner, Jenna, when they were in the tribunal, had that great moment where he went down and got all that dirt in his face. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. But, you know, him from Florabama Shore, folks, he's the star of that show. And uh, he was one of the I think, you know, one of the more well-liked rookies on this season. I don't know if he necessarily made the mark of a bear or a turbo yet, but I mean, I, he came off as being very well liked. Yeah, he's definitely one of the good guys. And, you know, after talking to him, wait, you know, after talking to him, it's, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. And this is exactly why I love challenge mania and why I love doing these interviews and getting to know these people from a different angle. Cause I don't think you're going to be able to hear Gus Gus like this. Um, anywhere else yeah hit him up on twitter guys at gus smyrnios that's s-m-y-r-n-i-o-s gus smyrnios and let him know you heard him on challenge mania always use the hashtag challenge mania you can find me at shot of jaeger on twitter at scott of jaeger on instagram he's at derek mtv on all platforms and we always keep it rolling on facebook at facebook.com slash challenge mania podcast that's where we take some questions over there as well all right d should we head down to florida or alabama i forget where do we go to get to this shore do we start? I want to. I want to go straight to the bar that they hang out at on the show every week. That's where I want to go. Be careful. You might wind up in prison. That's a teaser. Yep. All right. Here we go. Gus Caleb Smyrnios here on Challenge Mania. Appreciate you. Everybody on Challenge Mania today, Monday, April 1st, is the star of Florabama Shore and one of the rookies from the War of the Worlds, Mr. Gus Smyrnios. How are you, brother? What's going on, guys? I'm good. How about yourself? Oh, man, dude. I'm so pumped up for this interview. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know why I'm sitting down. I was standing up a minute ago. I was like, I'm so fired up. I'm like, this guy has his own show right next door. I mean, it's like Wreck-It Ralph, Scott. I feel like <laughs> it really is. I feel like it's he's crazy. Wreck-It Ralph, but he just like pounded through 
And now he's like on our show. And then here he is. He's on Challenge Mania. Dude, I went like back to back filming too, man. I went pretty much straight from the Floribama house and then have like a month break and then went straight to that challenge house. So that shit wasn't easy, man. That shit takes a toll on you. You know how the filming goes. It ain't necessarily easy. Uh, bro, I'm so excited to hear how this all started for you. And oh, man, it's a crazy, it's a crazy story. I can tell you that. It's a crazy, it's been a crazy ride, to say the least. Yeah, let's get right to it. Let's get this this casting story like we like to call it. But I want to know the casting story for Floribama Shore. Hold on, oh, you want to go but, way back. Wait up, Gus, Gus. But here's the thing. He calls it a casting story. Uh-huh. Me being the superhero <clears throat> nerd that i am i like to call it the origin story you know what i mean story gotcha like because you are now a superhero bro you 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 you've (laughs) you've you've been you've been shipped off to an island in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of crazy people that have their own super superpowers some are heroes some are some are villains mostly villains but uh i was about to say mostly villains (laughs) i think you were a good guy i think you were a good guy but you know. I try, man. I try my best. I've never really looked at it from that perspective, but in its own, in its own way, it is kind of like its own world full of like superheroes and supervillains with everything that goes on in that house. And like, unless you've actually been in that house, you can't really kind of fully grasp that whole concept. But I, I love the way you put a take on it. Well, when yeah. it comes to how it all started, though, did you get bit by a spider? Or did you sign an NDA and do a couple Skype call interviews? Which one uh, happened? Man, Let's it's be honestly honest. crazy, man. I was at. I mean, when I first, you know, got involved in the whole Floribama nonsense or whatever. Uh, I was kind of like at a low spot in my life. Uh, I had been kind of homeless for the past two years or whatever, had uh, bounced around from three different community colleges, three different cities that I had moved to. I uh, like lived with my cousin in Gainesville, Florida, went to Santa Fe College there for a little bit. Uh, I had a girlfriend at one point in time that lived in a place called Madison. They had a small community college there, so I transferred there. Uh, then I ended up moving to Tallahassee, went to a community college there. And so uh, during those times where I was hopping in, hopping around going to community college i kind of got involved in some small time like modeling gigs just because um i was dating a chick who who was signed with like some small modeling agency out of jacksonville and so i went with her to a shoot and then one of the scouts there kind of liked my look or whatever and so she's like i want to do a shoot with you see if you know we want to sign you with the agency possibly we can get you some work so i didn't really necessarily have anything else going on at the time you know i was i was like Growing up, I painted houses with my dad, so I always had that trait. So I was always painting houses wherever I was at. I was just kind of going by word of the mouth. I would do a job for somebody, and then word would spread that, I, you know, this kid can paint houses. He's a good kid. Like, we want to help him out. And then I always, like, had good relationships with all my people that I, I had worked with. And so I uh, did the modeling thing, signed with that agency, and then somehow or another, some book cover photographer that was pretty big in the industry caught wind of me. And so he wanted to do a shoot with me. So I did a shoot with him, and then from that one shoot, I sold, like, 12 covers, 12 book covers, which was, like, a pretty big deal for that industry, which I had, like, no clue about how any of that worked. I really didn't plan on, like, getting into it. It happened just so fast. And so as that started progressing, um, I started posting all this stuff to, like, my social media pages, and I I didn't really have a a big following. I'm from a really small town, and so I had, like, maybe 5,000, 6,000 followers, and I started posting these pictures from these shoots just onto my pages, and I kind of just caught a lot of it or just caught some attention or whatever. And so somehow or another, some MTV scout or not an MTV scout, somebody from the production company um, messaged me on Facebook and was like, Hey, um, we like your page. We're actually filming the show here in Florida uh, coming up in the next couple months. Or it's actually like the next month, to be honest, I got contacted really late, but they said they liked my look and they wanted to do just a couple Skype calls just to see if like, they like my personality or whatever. And so I did that, and then, like, in those um, Skypes, they just kind of, I mean, they go through everything on those Skype calls just to get your personality, where you come from, your story. And I guess they just kind of fell in love with me through, the, through those Skype calls. 
And then, I mean, from the, my first guy call until I actually left to film Florida was like a month process. It happened so quick. And ever since then, man, my life just kind of got flipped on its head and it's been a crazy ride ever since. And this was like a year and a half ago, you know, like it's just still really fresh to me. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about Floribama Shore is that unlike a lot of these like formatted dating shows and competition shows that they're starting to pull from now, your ex on the beach and your are you the ones Floribama Shore is kind of a throwback. It's not exactly the real world, but it's more in the vein of like a Jersey Shore. Let's just watch these people hang out. Right. Uh, so how was the show pitched to you? What were you told you were going to do initially? Man, it's kind of crazy looking back now. How it was pitched to me was the producer messaged me and said, hey, we're doing on this TV show for MTV, but they wouldn't tell us what the TV show was. They just said it's a, uh, unti- right now it's an untitled project for MTV and it's just going to be a party show that we film in Panama City for the summer and they just asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, I was in my last semester of community college. I had no clue necessarily what I wanted to do. Um, I actually wanted to go into the military, but I had two, like, major injuries that made it happen where I couldn't go into the military. And then on top of that, I wanted to be a state trooper because that's what my dad does. That's what my grandpa does. That's what all of my uncles do. Like my whole my whole family is pretty much law enforcement and military. And so I tried to do both of those routes. They didn't work out for me. And so I was just at like a crossroads. I was like, well, shit, man, I don't really know where else to go. Like everything I've tried to do just doesn't necessarily work out for me. And then this just kind of came out of nowhere. And I didn't necessarily know what it was or what was to come of it. But I was just kind of at the point where I was just like, F it. Like, why not? Just give it a shot. And so I just went. Filmed it, and then right when we were done filming that first season, like when we were wrapping up the last shoot day, they're like, "Congrats, guys! Uh, the name of this is Floribama Shore. Like it's the reboot of the Jersey Shore, but like you know, modern <laughs> version in the South." And we we're like, "What? <laughs> like what the fuck did I just film, dude? I had no clue." It's and you're probably man. still like, and and even at that point, you're probably like, you guys are full of shit. Yeah, dude. Even at that point, like it didn't really <laughs> register in my head because here I am, like this small town kid who's like. There's nothing about this industry, nothing about this whole world. Like, dude, before I started this Floribama shit, bro, I had never been further west than Alabama, never been further north than Kentucky. So I was like living under a rock, dog. Like, I didn't know there was like these other other worlds out there. And so it just really opened up so many doors for me, dude. And I'm, I'm just so blessed to be like a part of everything now. Like, it's just crazy how much of like a whirlwind life has kind of took me, you know? How, how old are you? I'm tw- well, I just turned 24 like a week ago. Oh, see, like at the beginning of this, Scott, he goes at the beginning, he goes before I got into all this nonsense, Florida, Bama nonsense. I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me, dude? That's so fucking awesome. Like when I see you on that show, I'm like living vicariously through you. I appreciate that, man. The only thing is like people don't really see the other side of it. Like there's a b- lot of backlash that comes from that when you're like from a small town or whatever, just cause like the judgment that comes along from doing a show. That's like a party concept type show. You know, like, it's not like the challenge where there's something you work towards and there's like a challenge and you can just focus on that. Like the whole show is based on, you know, drinking and partying and the drama. I know it's good. I know it's good. But like <laughs> you get a lot of backlash from people back home when you're involved in that shit, you know? And so like this is what I have maybe to say to a young people. kid that comes from that, it's kind of hard to deal with. Oh, 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 oh. I got, I got a lot to say to those haters that are hating on my guy, Gus, for <laughs> getting paid to live his life. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. In a freaking house and just be himself. Who Thank would you. not want, that's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. No, I didn't have to, you know, work for, I, I mean, I got picked, I got lucky. This is God's plan, but know, like man. you would want the same thing for you. Maybe for your kid, it, depending on like how, you know, it all ends up for you. Like we're seeing that it's ending up kind of cool. Like you're, you're having, you've got like a cool story. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's pretty unique to say the least. 
Do you guys find that uh, the audience for Floribama Shore is people who grew up in the South or the Southeast and kind of had a similar experience growing up or kind of crave that similar experience? Or do you find that it's people who live in the Midwest, who live on the West Coast, who live in the Northeast, New York, who are watching it and kind of like, oh, wow, this is so unlike my life that I dig it? You know, honestly, I think we get kind of both like the people that are from the same areas that all of you know the castmates are from. I think they all watch it because they're like, wow, we can really relate to these kids. Like the same problem that they have, we've kind of dealt with like the same way we carry ourselves when it comes to like situations in bars. They kind of do the same thing just because like, every, I mean, it's just the culture down there. Like we all act the same. And then you've got these kids from, you know, California and from like up north that watch it. And they're like, wow, like this is a whole different world down here in the southeast region that we didn't even know about. Like, and I didn't even I thought everybody acted the same way that we did. Like I didn't even realize I had an accent until I got out of Perry. My small town. Like, I, <laughs> I started like going after Floribama, I started going to like bigger cities and I never really been to bigger cities that much. Anytime I like walk into a room, I'm like, how y'all doing? And they're like, what did you just say? I'm like, how y'all doing? And they're like, why did you say y'all? I'm like, is there something wrong with it? I legit didn't even know that wasn't like proper. And so it's just like, I don't know. I think people like to watch it just because, you know, it's just something new for them, you know? So you have a history with another who has become very well-known recently, challenge star in Hunter Brian Barfield, who's from a similar area, and I believe you guys played some sports together growing up. Yeah, man, uh, I love that When did that kid. start, that, uh, that friendship? Um, well, I moved to uh, the small town in Perry and when I was in third grade, and, like, it's a small, small town. I think the population's like 6,000, 7,000 maybe, and so it's one of those towns where just everybody knows everybody. And so, I mean, I've known him since I was in third grade. I mean, we weren't exactly super close growing up until probably high school because uh, I think Hunter's four years older than me. So he was always just like um, with a little bit different of a crowd. But then I had an older cousin named Kelsey who uh, was in the same grade as Hunter and they were like with the same clique. And I would always hang out with my cousin Kelsey and Hunter would be there. And he was always kind of, I mean, I always kind of looked up to Hunter. Like he was, you know, very athletic in high school, really good at all the sports. And I, I was too, but I was just a lot younger. And so he kind of like mentored me in a certain way, like to a certain extent through the school. And then he, you know, it's, it's not very likely to, or not many people make it out of Perry, I guess I should say in the entertainment industry or any, anything really. Most people that are from Perry just kind of stay there. And so the fact that Hunter made it out, I kind of always looked up to, and then I, it turns out that we kind of like get on the same show. It's really kind of crazy to see. Yeah, what are the because, odds? Like, we grew up, I mean, we played baseball in high school together. Like, there's only one high school in Perry. Everybody in the town goes to the same high school. So, I mean, we played baseball together. We played football together. I'm pretty sure, like, at one point in Little League, his dad was my baseball coach because his uh, Hunter's younger brother is, it was my age. Um, now, when you were going on this journey, you're going through the casting process, you're having those Skype calls, you go out there, you film, you know, did you touch base with Hunter? Had he done, by the time you got involved in Floribama Shore, I'm pretty sure Hunter had at least done Are You The One, if not a couple seasons of the challenge. Did you reach out to him? Did you say, hey, what am I getting into? You got any tips? Yeah, man, it's actually crazy. Uh, Hunter did Are You The One probably two or three years before I ever got involved with anything. And um, I actually got called to do Are You The One before I got called to do Floribama Shore. Not many people know that, but mm. I went through the casting process and then got cut at the last casting call. And so when I got, first got contacted for that, I knew Hunter had done, had done that show. And so I called him at that point. And then um, we ended up meeting at one of our buddies from high school's uh, wedding. And we were both at the wedding. So I kind of sat down and talked to him. And he gave me the rundown on that. But it ended up I didn't make that show. Then you fast forward like a year and a half down the road. Uh, they called me for Floribama and then I ended up doing that, but I didn't touch base with them before Floribama. And then the situation with like before the challenge is crazy, dude. Cause I had no heads up, dude. I had no idea I was about to be on the season. So I really didn't have that much time to tell anybody. I did tell Hunter, but it was legit probably four days before we left the film is when I told him. Cause that's when I found out. 
Um, so let's let, we got a lot of people who wrote in like, are you going to do another season of Floribama Shore? Will there be another season? It's one of those yeah, things where I know, the, cha- a lot of people are the challenge is different because the challenge, they have this massive pool of contestants they could bring on. They have people who haven't been on in several years. They have people like yourself who just started. They have people who we haven't even seen yet who they're probably scouting who were on last season of Big Brother or, you know, dating show on an island in the UK, whatever it is. So Floribama yeah. Shore, though, is essentially about you guys. So it's it's a little bit different. So how in tune are you with, you know, whether, you know, would it go on without you? Are you kind of, you know, is it one of those things where you have to be asked back? Do you kind of like sign on for several years? Because it is kind of a different, you know, different ball game there. Yeah, it's a whole different dynamic when it comes to like the Floribama thing. And I can't really say too much about it right now, but I mean, ultimately like the show is going to carry on. I mean, we've been doing great in the numbers and I mean, the network's really happy with us. And so the show is going to carry on. I mean, regardless, I think if I continue to go on or not, but ultimately it comes kind of down to my decision on that. And I mean, that's something I've been thinking heavily over the last couple of months, because at the end of the day, I have to do what's like, what's best for me. And at the same time, like what's best for my family. Cause I, I'm a, you know, family driven guy. Like at the end of the day, family's all you got. And I want to make sure that everybody's happy, like on all cylinders. And so I just have to come up with that decision on my own. How many uh, how many cast members are on the show with you? Seven, I think, right? Or, or is it? Yeah, it's me and then seven. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to put I, you on the spot. All right, D, we're going to yeah, play go it. We're going to get down and dirty. I, I can, listen first before you keep go, even go ahead. Like I can't believe the headline on this podcast is going to be we. No one knows if if Gus is going to make it back <laughs> to Florida, Bama, short. It's Bro, like everybody's trying to squeeze he, it out of me, dude. I can't give the answer. Right it's now. like yeah. he he went, he went to the <laughs> challenge. He's like he like died like Superman. Right, like, much, dude, like that's what I feel like. The way I went out, bro, I was devastated, dude. You have no idea. We're building up to more, the challenge, we'll D. Get, we're building we'll up to, to that, the challenge. But there's more to that Sorry. story. We'll get to it. Sorry. But more so that we story. don't know if he's gonna make it back to the shore. <laughs> yeah. so we like to Talk get all the backstory out of the way at the top, and then we can just dive right into the challenge. But so I'm gonna put you on the spot. So you have six other cast members and yourself, right? Seven others. Seven, seven others and yeah. you. Okay. So you you know it's one of those things where you know the concept itself sure is strong, but would they be able to kind of recreate it with seven completely different people? Probably not. I want you no, to I don't think res- so. w- w- remove yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You are drafting the most valuable member of your cast. Who do you think is the most essential to the show's success, the show's appeal, and the show continuing on? Whoa. Out of all eight or just the seven? Everyone but yourself. So you can't yeah, say I yourself. Say, okay. like, I hate that. Oh, man, you're going to make people mad at me for this shit, bro. <laughs> but um, I do think Nilsa is very essential to the show just because the dynamic that she brings to it. I mean, she's she's the snooky. She's crazy. She's, I mean, she's, she's the snooky. Much, that's all I gotta say. I mean, she's pretty much the snooky of our show. She's a wildcat. <laughs> I mean, if you need drama, she's she's gonna bring it to the table. And I, I mean, we all know that these shows kind of thrive off drama, and she's always she's always gonna bring that to the table. She's very good at it. And she's the one that you had a little bit of a fling with. It is. It is indeed. And you yes. guys had like a combo name. Was it like Gilsa or, or Nuss or <laughs> yeah, something? It was Gilsa. Yeah. Nelsa was good as it was Gilsa. So what happened there? Kind of Cliff notes the listeners who haven't seen the show. Uh, ah, I thought yeah. he had a. I thought you had a fling with the both the girls. Wait, which one? Oh, and there's only two other. There's only two girls. Oh, there's three girls. No, oh, you talking about the thing with Courtney? Oh man, that's such bullshit. I'll get into that too. But all right, you want a full lapse on the Me and Nelsa saga from season one, or do you want it just from where we started at season two? Because let's, let's just kind of Cliff, Cliff notes for everyone listening, because I think her name's come up recently. Because I believe in the last week or so, you were kind of getting into it with Amanda on Twitter when she, yeah. her and Josh exited, and she kind of went into you a little bit, and then Nilsa stuck up for you, and then she kind of went in on Nilsa. So Ooh. I think a lot of challenge fans, the maniacs listening, are kind of like, "Who's Nilsa?" So you can kind of <laughs> introduce them to the Nils right now. Nilsify them right now. 
All right, I'll give you the rundown from the start. So we go on to Florida season one. Um, I'll admit I was a love drunk puppy. Like I'll just, I had went through a long period of time where I felt like it was just me, myself and I, and I was looking for like somebody to just kind of like be there and come for me. And so I was looking to be in a relationship. And so I went into the beach house like that and Nilsa was fresh, not fresh, but had been out of like a, uh, a marriage for like a year and a half or something like that. And so we were just on completely different brain lengths when we came in that first season. And so I came on probably a little bit too hot and heavy towards her and she kind of shut me down. And then she, anytime like we'd have, fr- or she would bring friends to the house she would just automatically go to like dog me and put me down and call me like a dud and be like, Oh, don't mess with him. Like, he's just like a, you know, a little dud who just so love drunk. He's not like a good time. He just wants to actually be in a relationship. Just put me down the whole time, like throughout the first season. And so I grew like a lot of not hate, but a lot of, I don't know what the word is. I just was not happy with her after that first season. And so we come into that second season. Um, things have changed in my head. I wasn't looking for a relationship anymore just cause kind of life got flipped on its head. And I really didn't know where I was going to be. So why would I want to date somebody when my life was like so crazy at the time? And so I went into the beach house and I kind of made it known. I was like, look, guys, I'm like not on the same you know, wavelength that I was the first season. I'm just going to be here. You know, I'm probably going to flirt around, just kind of have fun for the summer. I'm not looking for nothing serious. But no said switched. And now I don't know where it came from. But now she was like in full relationship mode and wanted to date me like heavy from the start. And so, like, I tried to break down the barriers from the start, and I was like, look, Nilsa, I'm telling you now, like, I'm not looking for something serious this summer. Like, I'm probably going to be moving across the country as soon as we get done filming. Like, I have a lot of different things I'm trying to get into. Like, a relationship's the last thing I need on my plate on top of all, all this. And I thought that was known because we had multiple talks about that when we first got to the house. And so I was like, obviously, like, there's a little bit of chemistry between the two. Like, we always flirt and have a good time. And um, I thought it was like that. And so I continued to do it. But we would always have those, that. I would always have that talk with her, like, once a week. No joke. You can ask the rest of the castmates and be like, look, I'm not trying to date. Like, I don't want to lead you on. I, I hope you know where we stand with this. And it just carried on and carried on. And, but I, during this whole process, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep with Nilsa. I was like, no, we don't need to go down that road because it's just going to make things worse. And she was pretty persistent, you know, when we would go out and drink on, you know, us ended up being in the same bed together. And I tried to, like, stay away from it just because I was trying to stay away from the drama of all that because I just knew that's probably not going to end well. And I was trying to, like, keep my nose clean. I didn't want all that drama on. And so I would push it off, push it off. And then one night, you know, like a month down the road of filming, you know, I got really drunk. And then it just got to the point where, you know, it happened. And then the next day in her head, it switched to, oh, now that we've, like, kind of done it, I guess, like, we're kind of dating and in my head, nothing had changed. And I'm like, no, I'm still kind of, I'm still single. I'm still here for the summer. Like, I'm not going to be tied up. And so we would go out to the bars every night after that. And she would just kind of grab onto my hip and just latch onto me. And I wouldn't let me go anywhere. And like, anytime I would try to talk to anybody, like just go out and mingle with anybody that was out at the bar. It was just like, she would just come and latch onto me and start kissing on me. Like anytime I was talking to any other girl and I'm like, no, so we're not an item. Like, why are you doing this? And it just like spiraled so fast out of control. And so, and then that's pretty much how the whole season two went. We didn't know. And she's now sticking up for you on Twitter with, with Amanda. So I know. Yeah. I mean, like there's not any like hate, like towards the end of the season, like we came to terms with like, look, I'm sorry. You know, if you think like I led you on, we were just thinking differently about how this was going to go. I'm sorry. And so like, it wasn't like me and Nussel were on bad terms or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It's a very complex situation. Ah, she still got love for you. I mean, what? Yeah, somebody. Yeah. So what? What did what did Amanda exactly say? Like, what happened? What's the beef? I Man, saw Amanda is just so bitter. Amanda is just y'all know how Amanda is. Y'all been watching the show while she's been on there. She's just bitter, dude. She gets so worked about about this shit. She's mad because me and Jenna sent her home, and so honestly, she's just reaching to start any more drama that she can to give her some clout. Like if she gets wrapped up with the Floribama cast, she's probably gonna get a little bit of clout. So I feel like that's all she's trying to do because now she's coming after Nilsa. 
Nielsen's got a pretty big following as well. Like, that's how this whole reality TV shit works nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah, let's talk. Okay, so let's use that as a segue. Uh-huh. Now that, I mean, it's funny. I mean, she's probably, if she's listening, she's probably hearing you're, you're drafting her first. You're saying she's the most valuable member of the cast. But then you tell that story about how she was maybe putting too much stock into that one faithful night you guys had. But she might be sitting there saying, so you're saying there's a chance. Um, <laughs> let's use that as a segue to talk about your time on the challenge. So you kind of, you know, you you have this very successful show, Floribama Shore. Um, uh-huh. I think it's one of those things that people wondered would people from that show come over to the challenge because before we saw how wide of a net they were going to cast before we knew they were going to go to cbs and the uk and dig people up from geordie shore australia and all this stuff and survivor turkey uh we thought okay they're probably going to continue to pull from their their pool of shows on their own network which of course floribama shore became that newest pool of people to select from when you look at a lot of you guys and gals you look like you would fit in quite nicely you got the one guy who's just a complete hoss i'm surprised yeah, they didn't dude, go with dude. him what's his name Jeremiah, he's my roommate, man. I live with him. He's awesome. So Jeremiah as well. So you end up being the sole representative from Floribama Shore. I want to know, we talk about Are You The One, and when we have cast members who then ventured onto the challenge from Are You The One, we ask them how soon in the process of doing Are You The One, maybe even in the casting process, did you see the challenges like the light at the end of the tunnel? A lot of people like Hunter were like, you know, the comp- the competitors in them, the athletes are like, you know what, I did Are You The One, but really I wanted to be on the challenge. So yourself, I mean, you're doing Floribama Shore, was the challenge even in your like your your mentality at all? And when did it start to get mentioned? Were you guys talking about it in the house at all? When were you first approached? Yeah, man, no lie. Not after that first season of Floribama, me and Jeremiah were already talking. We we're like, dude, maybe since like we did this Floribama show, I know that the challenge always pulls from like all these different shows. Maybe there's a chance that they would pull from our show for us to go on there because like, me and Jeremiah, I mean, we're athletic, we work out all the time, like we're we're very into competitive type stuff. And so I was hoping that they would, but in the back of my head, I was like, nah, they're not going to pull us. I mean, none of the Jersey Shore people ever did it, so I doubt like they would call us to do it because probably like a franchise thing. I didn't know if like MTV had something that would, you know, contradict if I did both shows, especially since, you know, sometimes they film at the same time. Like I'm pretty sure, well, never mind. But yeah, they film at the same time. Um, well, I will say this, those Jersey Shore guys, I don't think it's that the challenge wasn't calling. I think it was that those guys renegotiated and were making like millions of dollars. And when they were like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you want to like come to the desert and like jump off a crane for like 20 grand? They were like, uh, no. Oh, yeah, that's probably exactly what it was. Cabs are here. For me, I was like, hell yeah, sign me up for that shit. Dude. Um, <laughs> I was begging to do it. So let's talk about that. Were nice. your other cast members jealous when they found out you got the call? Um... I mean, not to my knowledge, nobody like came at me like with any animosity or nothing like that. But I mean, I think, I mean, I think I know uh, Kirk and Jeremiah both want to do the, the show as well, but I don't, I don't think it was like a sense of jealousy. It's just, I think they're like really happy for me, but at the same time, like they want to get the call too. Was it something that you needed to sort of re-audition for, resell yourself for? I mean, we've seen you on Floribama Shore, which is a mainly social show. The challenge, as you mentioned, has this massive athletic and competition component. You obviously played sports growing up, but, you know, was there a, a re-auditioning process, another casting process that, uh, you know, got you to segue from one platform to the other? No, nah, man, I had no other auditioning thing, dude. Like I said, I was like a month off of filming Floribama. Um, I live in Arizona now, but at the time I was in Florida visiting um, this girl that I've been dating for a little bit. But uh, I was staying with her, and then I got a call just randomly from someone high up at the network. You know, like, hey, like, what's your plans for the next couple months? And I was like, well, I got like a shoot here. I got like this here. Just kind of gave it down. She's like, well, can you like cancel those plans or like get them rearranged? I was like, why? They're like, well, would you be interested in filming this season of the challenge? And I was like, well, yeah, I want to do it. When would I have to leave? And they're like, well, you'd have to leave next week. And this is like on a, this is like on a like a Thursday, dude. 
And I'm like, next week? Like, are you serious? They're like, yeah, and you're going to have to, like, go get your, your forms and your shots and your, all this shit done in the time. So, like, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to, like, leave the <clears> And I was like, what? So, it, like, just kind of got thrown out of me out of nowhere. And, like, I had been back not for a long amount of time. And we filmed um, Floribama. Like, it's, we, I was gone for, like, 70-something days filming Floribama. So, I had just gotten used to being back home. I wasn't even like, – I didn't even know if I was up to go do this shit again. You know, just because I was kind of mentally drained or exhausted. And I and on top of that, like I didn't have time to actually train the way I could train just because like the whole time filming for a man, I'm just partying, you know. I'm not actually in the gym doing like I would usually do on my everyday schedule. And so I wasn't in my like peak performance shape either. And so that kind of came into play. But just kind of at, at the end of the day, I was like, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this call again. So, I mean, I'm not going to squander it. I'm definitely going to go. And so I just packed my shit, got everything done and left that next week. That's that's how it usually starts for the most for most of us, man. We're, yeah, it's crazy, dude. I didn't realize it'd be that fast, of like, or just you know well, that quick, and then you turn around and go. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's fast. You know, that's you know, I've I've had a couple times where um, I've gotten like a last second call where it's like two days tomorrow, right now. We need you in South Africa right now. Um, you got two days to pack. That was another one. Cutthroat. I had like two days to pack. It's crazy, man. I think I think what happened, somebody must have like dropped or they just made like a last second like switch. <clears> and then yeah. I just got the call last second and then I just jumped on it and it just ended up working out for me. I think that's pretty cool, man. Oh, man. I'm extremely blessed, dude. I'm, I'm so happy to like have the opportunity for it. Did you uh, watch the challenge before you were cast? That's a question from Danny. Yeah, I watched it um, growing up. I'd never, like, sat down and watched a whole season, like, every episode all the way through because I'll be honest with you. Like, my parents wouldn't even let me watch MTV growing up. My parents were really strict. So the only time I would ever watch it was, like, when my parents were home and I would sneak in, like, watching TV, and I would always, like, catch a couple episodes of the challenge or whatever was on. And then once Hunter got on it, I kind of, like, got back into it just because I wanted to support him and see how he did on it. And so I watched uh, a pretty good bit of those seasons since, ever, since Hunter got involved. And what was your what were your reactions? Did you catch by by chance the Dirty Thirty, which my lovely co-host happened to play a part in? I did. I didn't watch the whole season, but I watched a good bit of the episodes. Yeah, dude, I love Derek. He's a freaking dog, man. I, a lot of uh, my inspiration for the games just comes from his heart, dude. He never quits, and I, I mean, I play the game the same way, dude. I I don't care how much pain I'm in, I'm not stopping either. And Derek's, I mean, he's the goat at that. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. The, the, but the worst I've ever gotten like in the face is a baseball to the mouth and 17 stitches. Oh man, that ain't fun. Yeah. No, nothing. I, I don't think it was, it's, it was as bad. Well, I, I guess the, the end, end of the story, it, it is that bad, but it's kind of worse, but you had some stitches and some yeah, dirt dude, in your that face. Shit was so, bro, that shit was so much worse than people realize, dude. I was, am I allowed to cuss on here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was fucked up after that thing, dude. <laughs> I didn't even know where I was, bro. Like, I was literally, they took me to the ambulance, and they kind of, like, doctored me up, and they're like, shit, dude, this kid needs stitches. And they're like, well, he's got to finish wrapping the scene. Like, we need to get him back up there. And, dude, at this point, I don't even really know where I'm at. Like, you, you can ask Jenna. I was like, Jenna, like, I, I need help. I can't even stand up. I was, like, pretty highly concussed at that point. And so, like, I finished that and then went straight to the hospital. Dude, I, my, I smacked my face. I mean, I don't know if you can tell how hard that collision was, but, dude, my whole face took the blunt of that pole coming in that quick. And so my whole face hit it, and then my, I think I had a little bit of whiplash. They told me I had a concussion, and then my bottom teeth went all the way through my bottom lip, and so they had to put seven stitches just on the outside. And so, like, the, the rest of my time in the challenge, like, I was dealing with that. Like, that shit wasn't easy. I couldn't barely talk. I couldn't barely eat. Like, any challenge you was doing was pretty physical, so I, I re-busted it open pretty much every time. It was on 
always dirt and shit getting in it. Like it was not easy to deal with. So you had to like get restitched, like because we I didn't know at the beginning of this or when we started talking about the face plants or um, and the stitches. I didn't know if you were talking about the pole or the dirt from the tires because I felt like you got like a real face full. I I thought you may have busted up your face again when you I released did, from man. those tires. Yeah, I busted, I rebusted my lip on like three different challenges just because, I mean, everything we do is physical. And dude, I sell out for everything I do. Like, I'm telling you, I, I don't care. I didn't care that my face was busted up. And so I just kind of throw myself in, into things that I probably shouldn't. Like, even when there was fights in the house, like, I don't remember if you saw like the, where Kyle and Polly were headbutting each other. That was literally the same day I got stitches and I was like the one throwing myself in the middle of it, trying to break it up. Like, I just don't really think about the repercussions of shit. So anytime we have a challenge, I'd sell out and go too far and then end up hitting my face on something and just rebusting it. <laughs> I got bad luck, man. I would have let them fight. I'd have let the motherfuckers fight. Dude, I can't even help myself. Like, I just see, like, something happen. <laughs> I feel like this justice. Like, I'm Batman, like you said. I just feel like I have to be this justice and, like, separate it. Because I don't want nobody to go home no cheap way. Like, I want to do this shit the right way. I'm not looking for a cop out. Like, I don't want them to get sent home over something stupid like that. Uh, let's start at the beginning. So you find out you got the call. You're going to be on the challenge. You fly out to Namibia and you're living in a tent for a while. Let's start there. You're <laughs> yeah, looking around this tent and you don't even watch MTV. You barely seen the challenge. You're looking around a tent. You don't even see anybody from the challenge. Who uh -huh. among these, what is it? 18, 20 people had you ever seen in your life before? Did you have a background knowledge on anybody? Who did you sort of take to first? Yeah, I had never met not one person in that whole out of any of the rookies. I never met any of them. So from that standpoint, I was already kind of like an underdog just from the standpoint because everybody had some certain connections. Like you had some pe big people from Big Brother that know each other. Then you had people that just like had connections through other shows. So I was I really didn't know anybody. The only person that I even knew of was um, Maddie from Party Down South just because we had the same production company. So like, we've kind of like talked over social media just about certain stuff or whatever. And so I knew Maddie. So I kind of knew that I was going to click with her. And then that's about it, to be honest. So you're living in this tent. Are you like, is this the same challenge where they live in a mansion and chill in the pool all day? What challenge is this? Well, the thing was like when um like I watched the challenge a little bit when I was younger, and then I started watching again like when Hunter started. I'm pretty sure I think it was the first season that Hunter did. Yeah, invasion. They had the season where like yeah, I think that was the season where they had the rookies like in tents or something for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. That was invasion, right? Yeah, and so I started watching that. So I kind of figured that's where they were going with this. And like, I knew Hunter was supposed to be filming this season. So I was like, well, shit, Hunter's here. So maybe there's just like a separate house where the vets are. And then they're going to – what I thought was they were going to have the rookies there. And then we were going to do competitions, just the rookies, until like we knocked off like you know, a couple of us. And then they would merge us. But it ended up not being the case. Yeah, that's what they did on Invasion. They had Yeah, that's uh, what I Hunter. thought we were going to be doing. Now, so, so when, the, when the vets come into town on the ATVs and they all line up, you're looking around. You said you've watched a few seasons. Who did jumped out at you as like, all right, I know that guy. I know that girl. I know that lady over there. Oop, that's Johnny Bananas. And who were you like? I have no idea who that is. Um, I pretty much knew all of them except for I, I didn't know Natalie that much. Um, Polly's obviously new, so I didn't really know that much about him because I only watched like two or three episodes from that season. So uh, all of like the OG vets like Leroy and then, you know, like CT, Wes, Bananas, I already knew all about them. And then – um, yeah, other than like Polly and, uh, what was the other one I said? Polly and Natalie. Yeah. Other than Polly and Natalie, I, I pretty much knew about everybody. Oh yeah. yeah Davon. I didn't know too much about Davon. 
Um, so, so you end up not doing very well in the uh, first challenge. So you Dude, end that, up. No, that shit was so frustrating to me, bro. Because like the way that puzzle was, like it would form the circle different ways, but there was only one correct way that they could form it, and it was the right answer. So I had completed it twice, and I would call check because all the pieces actually fit into the puzzle, and they would come check, and they're like, not correct. And I'm like, what do you mean not correct? Like, it fits into the circle. How's it not correct? Like, no, it has to, like, film a different picture. And I was like, shit. And so, dude, I got it correct two times, but it wasn't the right picture. And I, I, I was so stressed. And then at that point, like, my anxiety was spiking through the roof because I was going crazy. I'm like, dude, did I fly 30 hours here to get home on this first day? Like, are you crazy? And, but eventually like I calmed myself down and like brought myself back together and was like, just chill out. You got this. And then eventually I, I got it right before, you know, Josh could get it. And just thank God. Cause I was, I was stressing there for wow. my friends back home would never let me live that shit down. If I went <laughs> home on the first day. So you would have finished a lot sooner had they let you turn in the incorrect answer. That would have been, yeah. you would have been fine. Yeah, man. I just didn't understand it because like if the pieces fit in the puzzle, how is it not correct? That's the only thing like I had a question on. Yeah. No, I remember watching that episode actually with Jenna, her and Kayla were at a viewing party we were doing in New York. And she was explaining to me too. She was had a similar thing that you're saying. She's like this puzzle. It was like, it was as if like, you know, they didn't, you couldn't even tell where everything went. And I'm like, yeah, it was almost like it's puzzling, huh? Like that's <laughs> it was what, sort like of the, puzzle, the huh? point of puzzles. Well, so you end up getting the last well, choice and you choose yeah. Jenna over Amanda. And what was one of the highlights of that episode? Um, I believe mm-hmm. you gave, gave a little bit of a pre uh, speech, before you chose her. You said you wanted somebody with, with good character or something like that. Um, how were you able to make that assessment so quickly? Did you know Amanda from her time on Are You The One With Hunter? What went into that? Yeah, I knew Amanda just from her time with Hunter on Are You The One because I watched pretty much all of that season. And then I kind of knew like Amanda's track record. Like I had nothing against Amanda, but I knew how she like plays this game. And I didn't necessarily want to play my game that way. I knew Jenna's always been like kind of the like the good noble one. Like she doesn't wrap herself in like drama that's not unwanted. And that's the same way I was trying to play the game. So I was like, well, Jenna's obviously a better pick for me. And Jenna's always been a good competitor. I mean, she's got a great track record. And so I was like, well, yeah, it's an obvious pick for me. I feel like some of these rookies kind of slept on Jenna just because, I mean, she doesn't necessarily look the part. But, I mean, she's got, you know, the heart of a lion. I mean, Derek will tell you. He knows. He's, he's been on that She's good. It, so. Yeah, she was a steal at that point in the draft, I guess, if you want to call it. She's got a very impressive challenge record, uh, if you look at it. Um, She's made a couple finals there. So I'm going to ask you the same question we've asked everybody on the show. Hypothetically, Gus, had TJ allowed you to turn in the incorrect puzzle there and you came in first, so you have your pick of the litter, who would you have have chosen? Would it still have been Jenna, or were there other people you were secretly hoping would have fallen to you? And this isn't a slight to Jenna. I just wanted to know, was there anyone else on your radar? Um, I mean, just from a physical standpoint alone, I mean, I probably would have definitely picked Kara just because it's Kara. I mean, she's a beast at pretty much anything when it comes to the challenges on there. And so, and I feel except like for that puzzle too, too. except for that puzzle. Oh yeah, except for that first puzzle, she didn't do very well on that one either. See, I told you that shit was hard, man. Yeah, Kara can't do it. That shit's got to be hard because she's. I mean, and she's known for being good at puzzles. Yeah. Was it an oval or was it a circle? It was. Uh, it was a circle. It was just a straight circle. Mm. But it was like color coordinated. It was like red, white. Red, white, green, yeah. Uh, let's go to a question from Lisa. Lisa says, Gus, did you have – now, I don't know what your romantic situation was going into this, so feel free to plead the fifth. But Lisa wants to know, <laughs> did you did you have a thing for any of the girls on this challenge? Um, no, I did not. I was actually um, dating somebody right before I came into the challenge house, and so I was trying to be on my best behavior. There you go. Go, go into it That's with a nice see- head on your shoulders, head in the game. 
Exactly. And I think that's why people were like kind of so confused, like about me, like on this show, because on Floor Bama, I've always been the flirt character. Like I'm, I'm usually the one that's involved in the drama when it comes to like the relationship drama. And so then I came onto this show and like my girl was back home and like I was t- taking it serious. And so I wasn't like acting a fool, you know, flirting around or getting in trouble. And so obviously like that's the stuff people want to see on TV. And so I just at that point wasn't interested in that because like I had somebody back home. I was just there to compete. Like I was just focused on the challenges and that's about it. Steph wants to know who were you the closest to in the house? Who rubbed you the wrong way? Um, I was definitely, I mean, other than Hunter, because me and Hunter go back, I was close with him. Uh, I got, I got really close with Kyle in the house, dude. Kyle was so much fun to hang out with. Dude. We would always just hang out at the house. Like on days we didn't have challenges or after challenges, we would just hang out in that, uh, back bedroom and just drink beers and just talk about stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's cause he's from like Geordie Shore and I'm from Florida, Miami Shore. We're kind of similar and we got some similar stories. So we'd always just like go back and relive glory days about stories and just hang out. It was a good time. Uh, Amy says but none of that shit makes TV. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Amy says it's obviously different how they film Floribama Shore and the challenge. What challenges, if you had any, did you have while filming for the challenge? And how much of a difference is there between the shooting styles and the structures and the schedules of the two shows when you're in the thick of it? Yeah, I really didn't have um, any challenges when it came from going from like the Floribama Shore uh, filming that to filming this like a lot of people say I'm crazy for saying that, but like the f- filming the challenge was a lot more relaxing for me than it was filming the floor Bama, just because like floor Bama runs nonstop. Like once we start filming, the cameras roll 24 seven from when like we open our eyes in the morning until we're in bed and like they film us going to bed. Like they don't stop. Like on the challenge, there's actual downtime where you can kind of relax and just chill at the house and not worry about just filming all the time. And so it was kind of peaceful for me to like have the cameras go down at times and you can have some time to yourself. Cause you kind of go crazy in that Floribama house. Cause you don't have a break. Like everybody needs some time to themselves to kind of cope with shit. Like when you get too worked up, but there's no such thing as that in the Floribama house, but there's no such thing as that in the challenge house either. Um, when you yep. get hot in situations, but there is times where like things go down. And it, Derek knows that. It's like, well, it's like this. It's like in, in the challenge house, you can probably sit there, drink beers, bullshit and tell stupid stories that would not make any sense in the challenge universe because they're just nonsense, stupid stories with two guys drinking beer. Whereas in the floor of Bama shore, they're probably right on you fucking no, exactly. trying exactly. to hear those That's stories, exactly what I mean. waiting for somebody to do something stupid or say something stupid where, because it's, it's like seven people versus you 30. Know, 30, 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, he took the words right out of my mouth. It's just so different from that. Just cause like the attention's on Floribama, the attention is on you all the time. Like you always have to be talking story, Like you have to, everything has to be going that way. Like on the challenge house, things are kind of more relaxed just cause there's so much going on all the time with like different people. And it's like, it's like the real world, you know? Yeah. So it's just like the real world. Yeah. All right, more with Gus in just a minute. Speaking of the Floribama shore, where you know it gets quite hot down there. When founder Dylan Jacobs, founder of Brewmate, that is, turned 21, he quickly discovered warm alcohol sucks. I bet you down in the Floribama shore, you spend too much time outside with that drink, it's going to get pretty damn warm. So Dylan created Brewmate, the fastest growing drinkware brand in the world. The mission of Brewmate is to create the perfect drinking experience by ensuring every sip of your favorite adult beverage is just as refreshing as the first. No matter where life takes you, their diverse product line ensures a perfect match for everyone. For me, for D, both of us, we have very different drinking tendencies and we both love Brewmate. From insulated coolers for slim and craft cans, unbreakable nosing glasses, and insulated canteens, 
that keep a full bottle of wine at the perfect temperature. That's right, they have this stuff for wine as well for 24 hours. Unlike other brands that cater to the outdoorsman or the outdoor fanatic, Brewmate has a stylish solution for everyone. This stuff even looks good in your apartment or your house. Over 30 color options. That's right, if you're not good at making decisions, it might take you a while. Including matte, glossy glitter finishes to match your drink of choice, their BevGar technology ensures there's never a metallic aftertaste. I got these sent to me. I went with the wood finish. It looks really cool. It looks like I'm drinking out of something that I chiseled out of a tree, and it's really awesome, especially to put some some wine in there. They are guaranteed to keep your favorite drinks at the perfect temperature, whether you're having an all-day picnic with your favorite bottle of wine or sipping a beer while you wait for a fish to bite. Great for keeping alcohol cold, but amazing at keeping things warm as well. You can use it for coffee, tea in the morning, and end the night with a nice cold one. Right now, Brewmate is giving our listeners Maniacs a special 15% off your first order when you go to www.brewmate.com and use our code MANIA. That's 15% off when you use our code MANIA at brewmate.com. And guys, it's B-R-U-M-A-T-E.com. Don't let summer heat ruin your drink. Summer's coming, guys. I know winter's coming in a Game of Thrones sense, but summer is coming. Go to brewmate.com and beat the heat this summer. Get 15% off your first order by using our code MANIA at brewmate.com. That's B-R-U-M-A-T-E.com slash mania. I bet you down in the Florabama shore they could use some of these. I'm going to send them some. But the difference between so it's funny I, I I talked about those differences between the challenge and Floribama Shore and that Floribama Shore is a recurring cast and the challenge you're kind of you know you want to earn your spot on the challenge you want to be a, a good cast member you want to follow the rules there's money at stake etc and on the real world you're kind of one and done you show up and you're a first timer and you don't want to piss anybody off and then the show's over and you either go on to the challenge or you go home and go on with your life with Floribama Shore Jersey Shore there's you know returning seasons I mentioned earlier about how the Jersey Shore once that first season did such high ratings those guys were and those gals were loaded with leverage and they renegotiated their contracts was there a difference between filming season one and two of Floribama Shore in the sense that like did you guys have a little bit more I don't want to call it leverage but a little bit more like kind of seniority were you guys allowed a little bit more leeway was there a little bit more tricks of the trade in the sense that like the first go around you guys did not want to piss them off at all and you wanted to give them exactly what they want and then the second go around you can kind of be like actually we want to go here for dinner instead or whatever yeah oh for sure that's definitely how it works like doing that first first season nobody knew what we were signing up for nobody knew what like none of the castmates brought to the table like we didn't know what we were doing and so after we filmed the first season and then we figure out what we just filmed and like we know what we're doing going into season two obviously you have a little bit more leverage because then you know it's a franchise type show it's not just a one and done like you said and so essentially like they kind of need us just as much as they need or they kind of need us as much as we need them. You know what I mean? So like, there's a lot more negotiation and like all of us got managers uh, coming out of that first season, just because life got so crazy for all of us with, I mean, there was a lot of shit coming in after it kind of got announced that Florida Bama shore was coming out just because I mean, the shore franchise was so big with Jersey shore and everything. And so all of us kind of got managers and just had to uh, renegotiate everything pretty much, but I can't really go into like too many details about it. Now, you mentioned, like, the Shore franchise. So, like, is Floribama Shore kind of officially an offshoot of the Jersey Shore? Well, I mean, it's the same production company and the same creator of the show. Uh, Sally Ann Sassano, she's the creator of Jersey Shore. She's the creator of our show. And then it's the same production, uh, 495 Productions is the same people. So, I mean, essentially the same exact people who do everything for Jersey does our show. So, I mean, it's the same thing pretty much, just with completely different personality types in a different part of the country that we're filming. 
but you don't feel like you're held to like, oh, well, you know, Jersey Shore's doing this rating, but but Florabama Shore's only doing this. What a failure the Shore franchise is now, or like, you know, that you guys get grouped together with them. It's kind of just like, you know, this second iteration of that. Or do you feel that kind of pressure that comes from following in the footsteps of such a massive cultural hit? No, we definitely like do feel it. And we got a lot. I mean, all of us get a lot of hate just because of it, because a lot of people try to say like, oh, they're trying to mock Jersey Shore. Like they're trying to be like the little wannabes or whatever. But I mean, like I said, when we filmed the first season, we didn't even know what we were filming. So how are we trying to be wannabes of anybody? Like, it's, that's not the case at all. But um, and then obviously you just have like the Jersey Shore, like hardcore fans that don't even really want to give us a chance just because they think that's being loyal to Jersey Shore. But actually, that's not being loyal at all because it's the same creator and it's the same production company. So like, that's not the difference in like being loyal. It's the same people that's putting the shows together. You know what I mean? And then and then what does the Jordy Shore fall into this mix? See, I don't really know how all of that works but i mean you have all these different short shows in these different countries too and all those shows are like the same premise and like shot the same way so i don't know how that works but I, i'm pretty sure i mean i don't think that has anything to do with 495 or sally Ann, so i'm so not sure how all that works what you're saying is you're not really sure um that was lame all right so here's what my, my follow-up to what, ah, that was great so so i mean the, i can't talk so much to get myself in trouble with these people yeah uh, <laughs> no, 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 going dude, from please. season one of floribama shore to season two and kind of feeling like you got to hop in your step it's like coming back as a junior in high school you're a little bit cooler than the older the underclassmen now then you go into the challenge where you're literally labeled a rookie um yeah. you have a lot of elder statesmen you have the veterans the wesses the bananas the caras etc um and you have this dynamic where you're literally being labeled rookies. You're, you're the first, your first time out. Um, was there going back a little bit to square one as far as like, were you a little bit more, you know, timid? Were you a little bit more tentative? Did you kind of ask people, Hey, is this cool? Do I do this? You know, do I have to ask to do this? And, and how much did you kind of defer to the veterans as far as how much you could get away with or how much you could ask of not even just the challenge gods is what we call them, but also the other cast members. Yeah. Well, before I even went into the season, like I knew this was my rookie season. And so I knew going into it, this was going to be like an informative um, season for me. Like I wasn't going to come in acting like I'm this Mr. Big Shot. I know how this game works because I'm the rookie. Like I'm there to learn. And I had the opportunity to go into a season where they have like some really good players from like some of the best ever, like Wes and Bananas and CT. And so like not many people get the opportunity to go into a season with all of them. And so I wanted to sit back, watch and observe, analyze how they play, they play their game. And so I can kind of see the ins and outs of the game and what works for different people and see where everybody lies. And so that's how I kind of went about it. And then a lot of the other rookies that came in, like came in really hot because like, I mean, just like the bullshit that I got fucking blamed for, which is completely untrue for the record about how I start shit for the camera. That's what majority of the people that come into the challenge house, that's what they do because everybody knows how ratings work. People love drama. So drama is what makes the episode. And so people will flex or whatever and try to act hard just to get camera time, which is the complete opposite of how I played my game which is why people are trying to say I'm a wallpaper because I didn't do that. So I don't know how people can come at me for that. So to be fair, all that. Josh said was that the person's name rhymed with bus. So it could have been someone else. Technically. I don't know what it was. I just, I didn't even, well, I went back and listened to the podcast part afterwards. Cause I was getting tagged in a bunch of comments on Instagram and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this person talking about? Like if anybody didn't play the game that way, it was me. Like I literally did the opposite. I was trying to stay out of the drama just cause I was so worked up from all the drama I was in on Florida Bama Shore. I kind of wanted a break from it, to be honest. Like, I was there to compete. Like, I didn't care if I was involved in the drama or not. So when I heard those accusations, I was like, what? It was literally the opposite. I don't know. Have you ever heard Josh say Wes before? He kind of says it like, Wes, Wes. Maybe he was I talking mean, he about Wes. Does. 
He kind of does. Maybe I don't know. He was I talking about he was West. Was, was he calling Wes a wuss? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying maybe when he oh. said his name rhymes with bus, it wasn't necessarily Gus. But so l- let's talk about that because you mentioned that, you know, some people perceived you as playing that game. Some people perceived you as playing this game. We end up as viewers only seeing the game or what is perceived from the quote unquote edit that you get. Um, how fair or, or, you know, how direct do you think there was to the game that you played, the kind of personality you had out there, the relationships you formed, etc., to what we ended up seeing. Did you expect to see more of yourself? Do you think it was a fair depiction? And when you sat home watching it several months later, were you overall happy with how it played out? Yeah. Um, I think it was definitely, I think it was a fair, you know, depiction just because like the drama that was going on in the house was involved with these other people. And that wasn't really drama for me to get, thrown into like you know the car poly shit it's got nothing to do with me i'm not gonna wrap myself in it that's gonna be what controls the episodes because that's like the biggest drama spot that's going on and so like i get that like there was a lot of shit that i had going on in the house that don't make tv just because it's not as big as that but like when it comes to gameplay i was always making moves in that house like i was working with wes and hunters at some points and i was working with banana like i was always doing shit behind the scenes it's just i wasn't going around the house and being vocal about my gameplay because i didn't want people knowing my gameplay you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a more quiet and observant type person anyways. Like, and I know that's not good for camera purposes, but that's just how I was playing my game. Like, I was trying to stay under the radar and strike when I knew like the time was to strike. It's a strange time. It's a strange time. Am I here for camera time or am I here to win a million dollars? And that was my thing. I was there. Uh, I, I didn't give a shit about the camera time, dude. Yeah. Like, the camera was on me. I didn't care. I was there to compete. And yeah. win that money. And there was no doubt in my mind that I could do that. And that's why like, I didn't care about anything else that was really going on in the house. And so, I mean, there's just, there's two different types of people that are cast for this show. You have people that are so thirsty to get some camera time and some fame that they're going to do whatever just to do that. And then they're going to go home and be completely happy. And then you have these actual competitors <laughs> who are going there to actually compete and win this money for, you know, whatever they need to win the money for. And are that upset when they lose because they're putting that much heart into it. That was me. Like I was hurt after I left that show. And I told myself I'm going to train as hard as I can to get back there and prove that I can do this shit. Like there's just a difference between the people that are being cast from the show. It's like two completely different worlds. And I know you know that as well. I, I'm, I'm still confused at some points, you know, like I say this on the show every now and then, but for the first, I, I would, I did road rules and you literally forget that the cameras are there. Yeah. Right. You, you really like do. you for, you forget you don't care. You get hammered. It gets filmed. You don't remember what the hell happened. You got producers talking to you the next day. Dude, telling exactly you, how you was. <laughs> I didn't You're know like, what the hell was going on. Like, the first night, man, the first night, we just went and got a bunch of booze. And I'm in Chile. We're in Chile, right? We get a bunch of booze. We go into the RV. We start drinking. And the next day I wake up and I got a, a producer telling me, yo, you Literally put your hands on the camera the <laughs> last night. You cannot put your hands on the camera. Oh, that's I, funny. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm like, I did that? When did that he's like, He's like, yeah. He's like, you put your hand on the camera lens and pushed it multiple times. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um. But yeah, so at the beginning, you like literally, you know, your first show, like, that's my first show. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm getting myself into. Like, you want to film no me? No clue, man. No clue. Yeah. You're just filming me living the life. That's like yeah. exactly what it was. 
Something we learned early in the season is that Wes had taken Hunter under his wing a little bit and acquired him as a a younger Alliance member. I think he even admitted on our show that he had done that before the season even started Uh, smart on Wes's part because he didn't have a lot of allies going into the show from, from his time on the challenge. Um, How involved were you in that? Because you have a history with Hunter. As you mentioned, he's the only one, you know, personally, how early on did you find out, Hey, I'm working with Wes too. And would you consider yourself a part of that deal as well? And we just didn't get to see it. Yeah, I was actually heavy involved with that. It's just for whatever reason, it didn't make the edit because going into the game, I knew for sure, like I didn't really know anybody in the house and never really met anybody. And so the only person that I even knew or that I would even trust in the game at all would be Hunter. And so I knew that the only person that I was probably going to work with from the start would be Hunter. And so I got there and I was going to room with him just so I, he could like show me the ropes and kind of explain some things to me. And he was like, as soon as we got there, I went, because you know how it is when you show up at the house, everybody just comes and runs in and grabs a room. So I ran in, was one of the first in the rooms, and Hunter and Wes came in, and they're like, me and Wes are going to stay in here. You need to go stay in the room with Johnny, and it was Bananas, CT, Leroy, Zach, and Kyle. And they're like, go stay in that room, and you can kind of be like our ears or whatever. Oh, like a spy. Kind of be like a spy. Yeah, that's what they came to me and said, do that. And I was like, all right, whatever. I don't really, I don't care where I stay. But I never really had the intention of actually spying because I ain't trying to be no rat. Like, that's not how I was playing my game. So I went in there, and I stayed in the room with all them. But, like, as I stayed in there with that room, dude, I really, like, connected with all those dudes in that room. Like, I was really good friends with Bananas, and I was really good friends with CT and Leroy and Zach. Like, I, we always just hung out in that back room, just that room, like, the whole time we were there. And I just really vibe with those dudes. So, like, Wes and Hunter would be coming back, like, trying to get info from me. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm not telling you. Like, I'm not trying to plot against them. Like, I kind of like these dudes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like the UK dudes. Let's plot to get them. I'm not trying to get all these guys out. But it's unfortunate how the season played out and like that whole room kind of, you know, decimated off the rip and we didn't really get to see how that played out because I honestly didn't even know how it was going to play out because I liked both sides of the fence and they were trying to pick each other off. And I was just kind of like in that weird middle ground with the two. (laughs) Interesting. That is like summarizes the challenge in a nutshell. Wes sending you in as an undercover agent to spy on bananas and bananas just winning you over with his charm to where you're like, (laughs) I like these guys. I mean, pretty much, dude. But I liked Wes a lot, too. That was, like, that was so crazy. I'm like, shit, dude. I like, I like Wes, but I like Bananas, too. Like, why do I have to choose? Why do I have to, like, go against one or the other? Like, I can't just... You, you know, did it. On the That's what I always you did say. It. Why do you have you to did. choose? That's the thing. They, they try to make you choose for some reason. It's weird, man. It's our territorial. In the, in the end, in the end, you have to choose, though. That's in the end. To, I guess. We, we don't choose. Is. D, does Challenge Mania choose? Season. I didn't have to this season. We don't choose. Scott sometimes chooses and gets in a lot of trouble for it. Yeah, because he's not, not. He's not. He's not good at sneaking around about it. He's just nah. like. See, and I was super. See, I was super sneaky throughout the whole house too, because nobody knew where I lo- lied with the whole situation. Like, I don't think anybody in the house could tell you. And I'm not. I won't even like. Well, I really didn't know either. That's the thing. But like, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's not until you have to. You have to. You're forced to play a hand that you're actually. Yeah, you don't play you know, it until it's you're making to. a statement. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, you can, you can be very loud, obnoxious and tell your target that you, you know, want to put their face in the mud and if can't wait to do it. Sign, and that's how you do it. Yeah. You know, you can, you can, but you don't know how many, you, you, you don't know how many people are on that guy's side that are like, exactly. Oh, you never know who you're going like, to rub the wrong way. Then they're look, all coming for you. Yeah. It looks like we found our new target it's Florida Bama guy, um, chilling with all the, Vets on the other side. I think maybe we should go after him next because he was a little, 
you know, it, and that that happens, man. That happens. So I, I thought you played a nice, clean game. Yeah. yeah. So let me know if you think I'm, I'm leaving anything out. But for me, I think visually it's funny. The most iconic moment for you this season was probably, I think, a low light for you physically because, as you mentioned earlier, you were quite injured. But when you take, a, you know, a bath on that tire challenge and you come up with a face full of dirt <laughs> and that mean mug on the GoPro shot is just, like, iconic just looking at that. Oh, it's yeah, just dude, like that was a good shot. Dude, that shit sucked, man. There was so much dirt in my throat. You had no idea. Like, that little snippet. <laughs> Jenna talking to me and I'm literally bit over like dry heat and I'm like I, I got so much dirt in my mouth I'm sorry I can't even like focus on this conversation we have to get you a quip toothbrush man that's what you need to, to seriously dude my teeth were jacked up after that getquip.com slash mania but but the that, so that <laughs> visually I think was your highlight but then you know you had that great challenge where you and Jenna are well one of you is blindfolded the other one is guiding the person using the virtual reality goggles uh, and yeah. then you end up jumping to the end of it I believe TJ even gives you props uh towards the end of that yeah, challenge dude. when you guys make was, the uh, tribunal yeah it was awesome to get props from tj man it was a weird feeling just because like i've watched it forever and obviously like tj's awesome so just hearing him give me props i was like what is this for real right now like, and he doesn't dish those out it's not like every no, episode he, really he gives somebody he else really props like maybe once an episode maybe once every couple episodes i know josh martinez episode one or two when they uh beat turbo and nani oh, that in point, that yeah. challenge he got a little bit of that but so it's not something he just is you know generous with so when you get props from tj you know he means it Oh, for sure, man. That's why I felt like so good to actually get a compliment from him. It's kind of surreal feeling. Then your exit from the show, you know, you participate in this challenge that TJ even sets up as being one of his favorites. I think it's everyone's favorite or one of our favorite eliminations. Derek's been involved in a couple of iconic eliminations that whether they use the same contraption or not, the whole kind of one-on-one, give me that, no, you give me that. Yank no, t- hands, yeah, yeah. The yanker, whatever you want to call it. Um, we love those because it's really mano-a-mano. It's one-on-one. It's a, it's a great visual representation of what it means to try to just like ripped the game away from somebody else. Um, and you got, you went up against bear. Jenna went up against Avon. You guys end up losing, but you go down swinging. Um, let's talk about that a little bit because it, you know, when you see that that's the challenge that you're going to go up against them in, are you kind of happy that look, either we're going to win this thing or we're going to look great or we're going to lose. And it's going to be, you know, we lost because we lost and we didn't lose because we didn't know where Bangladesh was on a map or something like that. Oh, dude, I was stoked that it was something physical. I was like, I was happy it wasn't like a puzzle or like you said, one of those math things. Cause that's not really up my alley. And like, I've always been like a pretty aggressive person. Like I was a linebacker in high school. And so that's just kind of my more, my forte as much as people don't really want to believe that because like my character on floor Bama, I'm kind of like more of the sensitive type. I've always been pretty mean headed and hot headed when it comes to shit like that. And so I was happy to get put in something that way. Walk us through it. So there's the, the, the one I think that I think we'll all remember is where you let go of the pole. Yeah. What happened there? Dude, I'm not, I had to go to the hospital after that because when I yanked, dude, something in my shoulder just completely snapped. Like you can see it on my body. When I go to yank him up, my, something gave out in my shoulder and I didn't even mean to let go. It was just like a body reaction. I didn't, I didn't mean to let go at all. And I, I, I told this in the interview and they literally, literally took me to the hospital right after the elimination, but that's what happened. And then I just rest like I was in a shitload of pain, but my adrenaline was just going because, I mean, the elimination, like where you're down there, you don't like I knew it was jacked up, but it wasn't enough to make me quit in the middle of it. And so I went through that second one again, uh, beat bear in the second one. And then after that, I knew that I was like, yeah, dude, my shoulder's not <laughs> it's not right. So even if you had won, uh, could you have continued on or no in the game? Yeah, absolutely not. No oh, way. Wow. Even even if me and dude, I'm still not right t- today. And it's been like four or five months. I still can't, dude, I can't even barely do push-ups or pull-ups right now. My shoulder is still not healed. 
<laughs> wow. Well, that's interesting. That's one of those things where it's like, I guess it, it worked out not nicely, but it's, well, you know, would you, the competitor in you, knowing that, hey, maybe you guys would have had to go home anyway, would you have wanted to take out Baron Davon in the process? Or is it kind of like, okay, if we can't continue, at least they can? Oh, no, for sure. I would have took him out anyways. And then I would have went, <laughs> went to the next challenge and then not been able to even lift my arm. And we would have had to go home. But that's how that would have went. I'm telling you, dude, that's like one, it was so bad, that shoulder injury. I, I still to this day, like, I don't know if this is ever going to be normal again. Trust me. I know, I know all about it. I experienced one of those about, uh, about uh, nine months ago myself. Dude, I don't even know what it is. Like, it's like underneath my shoulder blade on my right side and it like runs all the way up my neck i feel like there's oh it's under your shoulder blade yeah bro it's excruciating yeah let me let's hear your opinion on this headline making fellow from the uk bear he's coming guns a blazing how do you feel about him uh personally like talking to him away from cameras and shit i kind of like the guy he's cool to hang out with and like have a good time but when you put him in the challenge house, he's annoying as shit because he's one of those players that he loves having the attention. And so he's going to do whatever he can to get that attention. And so, like, I don't know. He's just anno- he's very annoying in that house, to say the least. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. All right, everybody. More with our guest in just a minute. But I want to take a quick second to remind you guys about what we have going on over at Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. Are you a full-fledged Challenge Maniac, but you cannot get enough of this podcast? Well, there's more of it, luckily for you. Every Wednesday night, we record The War Room, which is a bonus podcast series right after War of the Worlds goes off the air. We take to Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania and take your questions for a 60 to 90 minute episode. Sometimes we go two episodes where we break down that night's episode. Sometimes we even bring on a guest to go over the episode with us. Not only do you get that over at Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania, but we do exclusive contests where we give prizes only to patrons. We have a Meet the Patrons podcast series where once a month we select one of you guys to come on the podcast, get in the hot seat, and feel what it's like to be interviewed by me and Dee. You get to ask us questions, we ask you questions, and we have a full-fledged challenge conversation with you for over an hour that you can let anybody listen to. It goes up for free, not just for patrons, over at Challenge Mania's Patreon, patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. And that is not all. If you become a patron of a certain tier, you get exclusive swag. You can even come on the big Challenge Mania podcast. You can watch an episode of the show with us on Skype and tons of other cool opportunities. Head over to patreon.com slash Challenge Mania because if you're a fan of this show, you will get more of it over there. And by being a patron of this show, you keep the lights on for us over here at Challenge Mania. D and I cannot thank you enough. All right, back to this free Challenge Mania interview that's free because of you guys, the patrons. Thank you. And, you know, there's the moment in the in the tribunal where you get into it with Amanda and Josh. Now, they uh, are earlier on. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're defending Jenna. 
and yeah. she calls Jenna out for, you know, you know, you should go after Kara. That's who your boyfriend was going after. And she says, I'm playing my own game. Uh, how plugged in are you to those moments that, you know, say earlier in the season she has with Amanda and how in, into the sort of social workings of these other dynamics are you being that you haven't played on a season past you didn't watch much of that season where a lot of that stuff happened with amanda and and zach so do you get a crash course are you in the room during these arguments and stuff like that because during that moment it felt like you were just as you know kind of intertwined with that as she was personally yeah um i kind of just got like a crash course of it once i got there like i obviously i always kind of knew that Amanda and Jenna didn't get along, but I didn't know like all the details of the backstories and like how deep that shit went. And that, that's, I don't know. They've been just going back and forth for a couple of years. And so when it came down to it, when it came down to that elimination, obviously we had like a couple of different options, but it came to that point in the game where Jenna really wanted Amanda out. And like me personally, I didn't have anything against Amanda or anything against Josh. But if my partner at that point in the game feels that strongly to get someone out and I didn't necessarily have like someone I wanted out that bad in the game at that point. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to appease my partner. Like she wants her out. And the thing is like, they were going to go into the, the thing that people don't get, like our reason behind putting them in, they were going to the killing floor anyways. It don't matter who got nominated. I promise you they are calling out Josh and Amanda for that elimination. And so our thought process was, well, we'll just nominate them in. They can pick whoever they want to go against. So then we're not making an enemy because whoever we got, whoever we're going to vote in, is going to pick them to go against, and they're probably going to beat them, which just gives us an enemy for no reason. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, obviously that's like no brainer. That's a no brainer. Yeah, we could have easily put like Carr and Theo in, but they're they're gonna. I promise you, they're gonna beat Josh Amanda at that. And then guess what? They're coming into the house, and guess who their number one target is? Me and Jenna. It's not. (laughs) It's not that hard of a concept. They were going in anyway. We made the easy choice. Well, here's my question. Um, for like the first time ever. Uh, and, and I don't know, since I've been watching this whole Amanda Jenna feud go down, uh, Amanda approaches Jenna and sort of, I don't know, tries to make a case for not going in the next day. Yeah. How, how hard did you see any of that? Yeah, um, I was there. I mean, did they, they didn't hug? show any of it, but she, Amanda pulled me aside and was like pleading her case to me that whole night too. When we went to the bar. And so like, did, did they seem like, did Amanda seem like, she was like friendly towards Jenna. That's the or, thing. And like, even Jenna will tell you this, that night she did, did seem friendly, but that's the only time that she had ever seemed friendly to Jenna. The whole time we were there. Like you could tell the only reason she was being friendly that night is because she knew she was against the ropes. And so she was going to do anything to get herself out of that situation. Therefore she was going to act to be sweet to Jenna just to avoid getting called in. But that shit wasn't real. Like, come on now. She could have done that way before her name was on the, on the, you know, on the hit list. But she would never do that. She would never come up and be sweet to Jenna unless her name was on the chopping block and she was trying to talk her way out of it. Did they hug? Did they embrace? Did they touch no, hands? No, nothing like that. Uh-huh. I, I think, I mean, they talked and then Jenna was just like kind of like nodding her head and agreeing. I don't think she was actually agreeing. I think she was just kind of like trying to hurry the conversation up. But I even talked, like me and Jenna talked after that conversation between them two and she's like, yeah, our decisions are the same. Like nothing's changed. We're going to put them in. I was like, all right, like I got your back. Mm-hmm. We're going to put them in. Rebecca wants to know if you could go back, what decisions or actions would you change from this season? Any regrets? Um, no, not really. I don't think I have anything I regret, dude. I gave, I literally gave everything I had to every single challenge. I would regret jumping so quick on that one where I smacked my face. I shouldn't have been so, so jumpy. I should have paced myself because that messed my face up pretty good. But other than that, no, I wouldn't change much. I got a, I got a, I got a question about that. Th- thanks yeah. for, thanks for spreading the mic around, Scott. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, I got this. 
Um, st- sticking with when you busted your face off that yes. mast, it, was it like coming at you while you were pole? jumping at it? Like, was it just that bad of a mistiming? Because obviously you probably want to, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> you obviously probably want to go with the flow, right? And yeah. you probably jumped as it was still coming up and it was like this collision, right? Is, can yeah, you just kind of walk us through? Because yeah, I'll tell you. that was <laughs> funny, insane. Dude. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Yeah, because me and Jenner were one of the last teams to do the challenge. And so there was already three teams. So you should have already it. been able to sort of time no, this yeah, out. I know. Trust me, I made, a, I made a very yeah. big mistake. I'm getting to it. Yeah. But we had watched and there was already three very fast times. And so all the dudes, like, I'm pretty sure, well, mostly it was Zach and Hunter, but they were talking me up. They're like, dude, you have to do this quick or else there's no point. Like, there's no point. There's already three fast teams if you don't get there immediately. Uh, and nobody, nobody went off the first jump. Uh, I got to. I got to say that too. Like w- when every single team went, the the little pole thing had went back and forth yeah. at least two or three times. I jumped before it even came back once. So I didn't have a way to time it. And anytime anybody had swung it, the teams that had went before me, anytime they had swung it, the first swing that they did barely had moved at all. Mm. So I was like, fuck, I have to jump as far as I can to be able to grab this. Wow. But it just so happens because I told Jenna I was going to jump on that first one. She swung it like a lot harder than I anticipated her to. So it was moving back a lot faster than I thought. So when I jumped, it was just moving back so quick. I was like, shit, this like got to me a lot faster than I thought. And before I could like react, my yeah. face was already right there and just smack. And like my face ate every bit of that contact. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not fun. As soon as I got too jumpy, man, I was just so like yeah, adrenaline you, pushed at the time. I was just you, like, I got to go now. And you went for the win. You, I went yeah, for the you, win. That's and then. And, and you got seven stitches for it. Um, yeah. Everybody said I look like a flying squirrel jumping off that little platform. Damn. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. And then, and then, and then during the, the tire challenge, you, you ripped, you ripped the stitches out again. Yeah, dude. Like three of my stitches. Cause I, what happened was while I was crawling from tire to tire and I was pulling off, I couldn't get one of the levers to unlatch. Like I, I thought I had unlatched it. And so I crawled onto the next one and I looked behind me and it didn't unlatch and you don't get credit for any of the tires going forward unless you unlatch every single one of them. So I tried to like go back on my rope to, to unlatch it again. And when I tried to like go back on my rope, my helmet had skidded the dirt. And once my helmet skidded the dirt at all, it completely just dragged my helmet to the ground and where my head was just like a bobble pin just on the dirt, just smack, 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 smack. And your, and your face, your face is actually like hitting the dirt oh, while dude, you're, my face, yeah, my face was full contact on the dirt and it was all going down my throat. Dude, I probably do. I, I swallowed a good bit of dirt, like at least a cup full. I'm not even kidding. That's why I couldn't even breathe afterwards, but I wouldn't let go of the, the reason that happened was because like. It got to the point where I should have let go, but I'm so freaking hard-headed, I wouldn't let go. So I was still hanging on to the rope while my head was just consistently hitting it like 10 to 12 times before I decided to let go of the rope. What um, What did you think of Zach? Um, me personally, I like Zach. Um, he, was a little, he was a little bit hard towards me at the beginning because, I mean, I got put in the room. Obviously, he didn't know my intentions or whatever. And, uh, but then after I picked him, uh, Jenna as a partner, obviously he liked me and, you know, we were in the same alliance. So he was always cool to me after that. I think he gets a bad rap though. I mean, he's, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think a lot of people come at him. I mean, I, I realize that like him and Jenna have had their risks in their relationship, but I mean, every relationship does, you know, it's just, they do it on national television. And sometimes people get to see shit that pretty much every couple does. It's just, they're doing it for an audience and people get to put their input on it, you know? Um, so you mentioned, you don't know if scheduling will work out between the two shows, but if given the opportunity to do another challenge, another. is it something you'd want to do? 
Oh, for sure, man. I loved it. I loved the whole experience. I loved uh, all the people involved uh, on the production side and the cast. Like, I, I really didn't have hard times with anybody. So, I mean, I, I loved all of it. I would love to go back. If you, I'm, This is probably an unanswerable question, but Jessica says, if you had to choose, and if you were given the ability <laughs> to choose, which they probably wouldn't give you, between yeah. going on a season of Floribama Shore and going on a season of The Challenge, what would you choose? Yeah, I thought that'd be a, que- a question. I can't answer that one, man. I would. I can't give up like on my Floribama family like that. that well, was, so that challenge was a blast. So, if you guys listening know how to read a question that gets dodged, he just answered that one for you. <laughs> Dodge that one. Um, let's talk about some people that you might want to play with going forward. So whether it's people who played with you on this season, uh, new bonds that you formed, people that you played with the season, but didn't necessarily get to hook up with game wise or people on the, like maybe like someone on the line right now, <laughs> um, uh, who you might want to play with on future seasons of the challenge. If you did come back. Oh, for sure. I'd love to get in the house and have Derek in there. I'd like to have Darrell in there too. Cause I met, I met Derek and Darrell. What was that Derek? Like a year and a half, year and a half. Yeah. Ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I met him like a year and a half ago, right when I started uh, Floribama, and him and Daryl were like so cool to me from the start. So I mean, I would love to be in the house with them, just because I feel like we kind of clicked. Uh, on top of that, I, I heard Tony was a really good time in the Challenge House. <laughs> I hear he's a he's a fun, he's a good time to always hang out with. So I would love to be in the house at the same time as him. Yep. Yeah, right. Hide your dinner, but yes. Um, TV gold. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> well, the flip side of that question, Gus, is who would you not want to see walk in that door or into that tent? Anybody that rubbed you the wrong way so much on this season that you were like, I am totally good with hearing that they did not get the call with me. I mean, with as much shit as Amanda's starting, she can stay away. Like, I'm not coming forever. Yes, she's always trying to start shit. Like, I don't have time for petty bullshit. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from drama as much as I can so you can get that shit out of here. You know who I think would would be a perfect cast member on the challenge coming from Florida, Bama Shore? Who's that? Courtney? N- nope. Who? You can keep guessing. You you may not get it. Jeremiah? Nope. I'm not saying they're not, but. You're going to say Nilsa? Nope. Uh, shit. Cody? Nope. Damn. Amy? Kurt? No one's going to get it. You're not going to get it. Nope. What? Amy? The fucking creepy boyfriend guy. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. I was like, what are you talking about, bro? The, yeah, got, Joker, man. That Joker is crazy. He, no joke. Scott, they have this. They ha- There's this guy on the show that's been off and on with Corey. He's a castmate's boyfriend. And and so he's not really a cast member. He no, is. A boyfriend. Well, no. I mean, he kind of was throughout the first couple of episodes. Just he was, Look, I'm not saying they wouldn't so cast shit. that way. They brought in Faith from Vanderpump Rules, who I think was no, like, y'all no. don't want the, that kid's in prison, bro. That kid is legit crazy. Is he in prison? Yes, dude. That <laughs> night we got, no, dude, seriously, that night we got into a bar fight with him and No Name. Yeah. Um, no Name. On us. Yeah, that was the name of the bar. It was called No Name. Oh, so, yeah. The bar you guys always go to. Yeah, but uh, he pulled a knife, dude. After he jumped the rail and got away from us, he circled back around behind us and he had a knife pulled, but our security team stopped him. The Joker's crazy. Derek, you yeah, just I mean, said this- that out of all the people on that show <laughs> who have been on... Yeah, you picked a guy who was on one episode and is in jail now? now? He was on a couple episodes, but he was, like, good for reality TV. The motherfucker was crazy. Yeah, dude, he would just like pop up like every now and then and just start drama. You could tell creeping on us. Yeah, and you could tell like I mean, she like, you know, she wasn't like completely pushing him away completely. Like she gave him enough, uh, she gave him enough a reasoning to be able to like at least approach, you know, approach the area 
approach her. Um, they got in some like seemed like some physical stuff, some physical altercations, and then and then in the end, this dude would come in like bugged out. He's probably on drugs. I I mean I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he was still now. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking out of his mind, man. And he <laughs> pop in and one and like one of the last nights, or I think it was, they end up like stomping him out, like. Yeah, dude, we got ground. into a fight right in the middle of the bar. That shit wasn't fake. Like, that like was every, yeah, like everyone was taking licks at him except for I think Jeremiah. I was like, here's the biggest <laughs> guy, the biggest guy with the biggest muscles. He's the only one not dropping bombs. I yeah, think Rudy came in there and got a couple of licks in. Yeah, dude, we all jumped in pretty much, but Jeremiah is just against violence, man. I don't know. It's just how he grew up. I'm a lot. I'm just feisty, dude. If I see something happen, I'm just I can't help myself. I throw myself in it. I, I was watching something on the news the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, um, there was uh, an uh, like someone pulled a gun on a couple spring breakers in Florida, I think, in Panama. Oh, I think I did see that. Yeah. And he, j- they just walked up to the guy, guys at the gas station with a gun, and and the and like two or three of the guys fought back. Well, the first guy that got the gun pulled on him kind of like slips out. Oh, I watched that video. I know exactly what you're talking about. He like slips out. He puts his hands up and he's just like, I don't want to fight back. He's like, I want no part of this. Right. (laughs) And his friends like, like have like a gun, like pretty much pointed at them. They're trying to fight this guy off. And then another guy runs in tackles. One of the good guys, like could, like could have been laid out, bro. Could have been laid. It was, if it was me or Gus, this dude running at at, at our group. Would have been fucking laid out. This guy just does nothing. Instead, there's a gun in this dude's hand. They fight this guy off, um, and, and and his friend, and they get the gun, and they're pointing the gun at them. They get in their car and drive away. This kid is just like nothing. I sorry, it's kind of reminding me of a little Jeremiah moment there. Sorry, right, Jeremiah, if you're listening. I think they would all be great for the challenge. I think they're they're fun characters and stuff like that. It's just. That guy was just like this standout, wild, insane dude. Creepy. Creepy was the word. Creepy. It was, dude, just, he was legit. Just creepy. Just, he didn't get his on the head. just creepy. He's just a creepy dude, man. I've never met nobody like him. Did just, he, have he would show up at all the bars we were at. Just, and we wouldn't even, like, he wouldn't, Cordy wouldn't tell him where we were going. He would just circle around the bars to see where we were filming at and then just show up and just start havoc. And smoke cigarettes and like, and like stalk you guys, right? The whole time, dude. He would just show up at the house. He would just show up, knock on the door. Like, dude, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> Where's my girl at? Seriously, that's all he's like. Where's Courtney? And then Courtney wouldn't make him go, so he would just linger. Oh, shit. That sounds like a good challenge cast member, if you ask me. <laughs> For real. Okay, so Amanda says, not that, Amanda, don't worry. Gus talks about <laughs> his family being upset with him when he was doing Floribama Shore. Tell us a little bit about that, and then also what did they think about you being on the challenge? Yeah, um, well, one reason, like, my family was a little bit upset about, about me, like, with the whole Floribama thing was just because I probably came out and told some things that I probably shouldn't, and it's not because, like, I just wanted to come out and, like, expose my family's dirty laundry. It's just because, like Derek said when we were talking about some stuff earlier, like, when you're there filming, like, a show like that, it's so raw and so real, you kind of forget what you're doing. And so I, I, I had gotten to the point in that beach house where I, would like, looked at those seven people in the house as family, 
And like there were certain things that were coming up and happening in the beach house where I would get emotional and they would ask me questions. They're like, Gus, like, what is wrong with you? Like, why, why do you get so upset about this? And I got to the point and where I like was drunk and broke down and I just explained it to him. Like, look, I'm like this because like this shit happened to me when I was growing up. Like I kind of had a hard time with my parents. Like this happened, this happened. And so like I came out on TV and kind of like expressed that. And obviously like they're not going to be happy about me like talking bad about some experiences that happened. And that's probably on me. I shouldn't have done that on TV, but I really didn't even mean to do it. Like you just forget what you're doing. Like I would never want to do that to my family. Like I love my family more than anything, but I just caught a lot of backlash from that. And then I get, you know, a lot of hate just from just because the show is strictly about partying and like where I'm from, everybody's supposed to be like Christian and noble and you're not supposed to do that kind of shit. And so now that I, like my whole life is kind of based around me being like the party dude from Florida, who, who flirts around and drinks like it's just I've kind of got a lot of backlash. And so it was just a lot for me to take in, especially when, like, like I said, my life got, changed so fast. Like I was 20, 21 and homeless when I started Florabama and then I did Florabama and now like everything kind of got switched and then everybody's opinion just kind of got thrown at me like that. It was just a lot to take in all at once. And so the challenge having like obviously a party component to it, but also the competition, did that kind of, you know, were they more okay with that? Yeah, that's definitely why my like interest was peaked when I heard about like the opportunity to the challenge because I was like, okay, this is a show that I don't have to be like just full of drama in order to like be on the show. There's something I can actually compete for. There's something I can train for. And there's like a goal like to work towards throughout the show. And so I'm not going to feel this pressure on me that I need to like be at the bar and flirting with people or I need to like get blackout drunk every night to be entertaining. Like the pressure isn't on me for the show. And that's why I was like, it, it wasn't even, it didn't come down to like my family letting me like, ultimately I make these decisions for myself, but I want to like make my family happy and proud along the process. And so for me, that's why I came into this challenge house and I was like, I'm here for one reason. I'm here for one reason only. I'm here to compete. I'm here to make my family, or not one reason, three reasons, but I'm here to compete. I'm here to make my family proud and I'm here to win this money. And that's it. Like, I'm not here for the drama aspect of it. And that's why, like, I didn't involve myself in it. Like, that's why a lot of people were saying I was a wallflower or whatever. It's just, I wasn't trying to, that's not why I was there. Like, I was there to prove myself that I can do this shit without it being like what some people would call bad, I guess. I don't even know how else to phrase it. It, it, it here's the thing, man. It's like, uh, most uh, almost all of us have you know had this upbringing that sort of makes us who we are yeah. and you know the only difference between you know me and you and what we've done on TV is that it's on TV um, yeah, that, that's what I try to tell everybody too, man. Like we're not doing nothing different than like every 20 year old kid is doing. It's just the fact that we're doing it on TV for everybody to like watch and analyze, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and and, and on, on that note, like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Like, you don't – not everybody gets this chance. Not yeah. everybody gets to be a part of the, you know, the sister to the Jersey Shore. You know, um, there's seven of you. There there may not be another seven ever again. No. I'm, I don't know if it's eight, seven, eight, six. I don't even know. But um, – but – it's like, you know, for, it was, it was hard for my dad too. And I said some things about my family on my first show, which I was like, Oh, it's, yeah, dude, it's hard shit. to watch back, man. But shit happens. Like, like my, my initial, my initial, like, Hey, my name is Derek. It was like, Hey, I had a rough upbringing with my dad. Um, we, you know, we didn't always see eye to eye, but we made ends meet. And I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, they're playing that. Dude. That's exactly <laughs> what happened to me. <laughs> Same thing. I was like, no, that is not what's happening. And like, I'd hyped up the show for like my family, my, my parents to watch. And then like the first yeah. thing you're at, and I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, I had like, 
I had like a 20 person like viewing party for the first night of, you know, the, uh, the road rule season that I was on and, you know, it's supposed to be this like competition show, you know, and, you know, but of course we were like in another country, I'm 19 years old, man. And yeah, I'm getting like kid, man. And we were 19, just like, you know, party animals. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't believe that my mom was <gasps> like watching and seeing what that side of like your lifestyle, you know? you're, yeah. you're always different around your family. Like you don't rage with your family. You know, they don't, I guess they just don't assume that happens. I mean, every kid does that, you know, for the most part, not every kid, but, 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 but the more embarrassing thing for them is like, they, like you can't hide this shit, which is what happens to, to most people in the world. It's like your son and daughter between, you know, the ages of 18 to 24 has probably gotten into some sort of like, you know, comical drunken situations that you will never hear about or see. And here's a situation that I probably wouldn't want my mom or dad saying, but since I signed up to do this TV show thing, it's like out there for my aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Um, but no, so man. when you when yeah. you come from like a small town, then everybody feels like they have to put their input on it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, you you know. So it's just like a lot got put down on me at once, and it just I didn't expect it. I don't know. I just kind of got blindsided, my, and so it was just my, a lot to take in. My answer was always, "Don't act like you haven't done anything wrong before. Don't act like you haven't gotten drunk and or, or had too many drinks before." Uh, don't act like you haven't been there before. You know, it's just the difference is, is ours is our situations. Some of them are being shown on TV and yours aren't. So yep, don't be difference. a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. That's why I say, man, I only got to answer to one person and one person only. And he forgives. So I don't have to worry about that's y'all. And that's <laughs> TJ Lavin. Brother, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it, and I'm sure you you did make him proud on the challenge. You definitely uh, came to compete. Are they? Are they? Are they? You know, like has has it? I know it's only been you said two years, maybe. Have have things Uh, sort of? Yeah, yeah, it's been about two. Have they sort of like kind of accepted it, cool about it now, and like kind Um, of see that there's more opportunities that could arise? You got the supplement company. You know, yeah, I think, like I would definitely say things are a lot better. Like after the first season, things got kind of rocky just because like I exposed just to, like I didn't touch on it that much, but a little bit came out. And so they were not happy. And then going into the second one, like there was a lot of pressure for me to like really straighten up and don't do this and like stand up straight, like be this certain way. Because like I have I'm like at this point, I'm a, a person in the public eye. Like I have an image that I need to uphold. And for whatever reason, once I got there, I, I kind of did the opposite. I don't know if it was like me just like my inner self rebelling or whatever, but so after that second season, I got a hell of a lot of backlash. And so it really got bad there for a little bit. But I think I've gotten to the point where I've kind of smoothed everything over. And we've just kind of came to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm going to live my life. This isn't y'all's life. Like, y'all made y'all's decisions to be where you're at. And I have to figure this out for myself. You know, sometimes it's, there's going to be decisions that I'm going to make that you're not going to be happy with. But that's okay because they're my decisions. Like, I'm not a kid anymore. Yo, enjoy your life, man. Enjoy your Appreciate life. It, no, there, there, no, no one else in that town 
uh, is going to have a son like you or uh, a family member like you, man. You're on a, a really cool show. I think it looks pretty good from here. We Most of us have done way worse than whatever you, you I've seen you do. I mean, I haven't seen every episode, but I yeah, still man, think, I don't like, even I, think I was anything that bad. It's just they're no. so strict. Like yeah. anything's bad. <laughs> I, I think I tried to hold myself to a high standard. Dude, I think you're such a likable character. Like as far as I mean, you have your own show, bro. You have your own uh, show, you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, D, you got anything else for Gus before we let him go? Yeah, yeah I got a little bit of this uh, question about this uh, elimination round. I, I'm I'm kind of curious on like you know how vicious it was, um, how many headbutts you actually did get in there, and and how long it was. Dude, you can't tell on TV because obviously like they can't fit it in the show. Bro, me and Bear were wrestling in that sand for a good like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> actually, no, probably longer than that. Probably close to like an hour 15. Mm. Hey, we were down there for a long time, dude. My forearms were gone, dude. I know you know you did it with West. My forearms, I could even feel my forearms after like the first tw- 10 minutes. Not even. For, after the first five minutes, your forearms are just gassed from all that yanking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, bro. It's brutal. It, it's brutal. And, and like, do you feel like you guys beat the shit out of each other? Oh, dude, I felt like I was just got out of a bar fight when I was out of that thing. Like, dude, we exerted so much energy, and dude, I I landed a good bit of headbutts on Bear. I'm not gonna lie. The whole time I had him on the ground pinned, I was just steady whacking my face straight into him. Like, I didn't care if I was inflicting pain on myself or not. I just wanted Bear to feel pain because I mean, I feel like I'm a lot tougher than him. I could I could endure it, but um, that yeah, that's just how that went. I, I but people were trying to say I was fighting dirty. Like, that's the game. The the game is to get the stick out of the dude's hand. They didn't say you can't put a knee on somebody. They yeah. didn't say you can't headbutt. It's about aggression. Who has more aggression? I had more. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like so mad that that shit happened, like the way it did on that first round. But because like I was handling the dude like the whole time. There was never one time I was getting handled by Bear ever. Mm. D, what did yeah. you think of Gus's uh, you know positioning, strategy, leverage in that challenge? If you were sitting on the sidelines as a coach, what would you have told him to do a little bit better to get the job done? <sighs> well. <sighs> I can't divulge those secrets on, uh, <laughs> on, camera. We might on camera against each other. Maybe, maybe, maybe in private, maybe, maybe the young buck, give the young buck some pointers in private, but That'll I don't know work. if I can divulge all that information. You guys enjoy watching people or listening to people dodge questions like the best of them. This is the episode for you. My friend. We got it now, man. Me and Derek are pros at it. You got to understand. I lost that one. I lost that one. I lost that one a long, long time ago. So, you know, I, I wouldn't completely say I'm, I'm the biggest expert. It's the just, duel of the century against Wes is what you're talking about, right? I've, 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 dude, had a, I've watched that clip so many times, dude. Y'all beat the shit out of each other, man. That was awesome. Yeah, dude, that's, but, a, that's why I love this season so much. I feel like the season really brought back, like, the brutality of, of the old shows. Like, it, you're getting soft there, man. I mean, our whole generation kind of is. Like, people were saying I was fighting dirty. If they saw some of the clips from the old challenge, they would be, like, devastated at the brutality of it. Like that's the point of the game, man. This ain't like no soft person's game. Yeah, no, I've been in, I've been in quite a few of those and listen, I've gone home with, you know, not being able to move my fucking arm too. And it's, Oh yeah, bro. After that, after, um, that elimination, my flight back, I mean, it was a 28 hour flight. Dude, that was one of the most miserable things in the world. I couldn't move my arm. Couldn't sleep. Like shit. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, you got the middle seat. You're like making friends with people <laughs> next, just so they can like pass the cup of water over. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, it's all worth it though. It's all worth it. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean you did a good job. Dude. Uh my last question is with all these characters, all these, you know, crazy characters, you you live with a certain batch. 
now now you now you go into a challenge house where it's like you know the 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 cast of characters are like like on steroids not real steroids but maybe but like character steroids they're like everything is like extraordinary it's like bigger Louder. Everything's amplified. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's super extra. Derek Kaczynski on Challenge Mania says Wilson. the entire cast is on steroids. <laughs> New headline. It's like, but no, like, what are what are super what are superheroes? What are supervillains, man? They got these. They they have these superpowers, man, and they're like they're there for a reason. You know what I mean? They're there yeah, because everybody has their strengths and what they bring to the game, and they know it, and they they play to it for sure. So, what's like the most mind blowing moment? That 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 you saw, whether it was on camera, off camera, um, that you're like, wow, that's that's something I'm gonna remember like for the rest of my life. Uh, let me think. Uh, it could be you. Funny, it could be somebody else. It doesn't matter. Yeah, something I'll remember for the rest of my life, just because it was so comical. Just seeing the the scene of it and how it all played out, it was actually extremely comical. And all of us were like in tears watching it. People were in the background. The night that um Polly and Kyle got into that little altercation. They're in the courtyard. They were playing like dress up that night. And so Polly's wearing like <laughs> eyeliner and shit and like this little uh, headband or whatever. And Kyle's got pink tails and is wearing a skirt. And then they both just get so heated to where they're trying to kill each other. But they're both looking like feminine as shit because they're, they're dressed as girls. So it's like the whole scene was just extremely comical. So that's like a scene I'm I'll probably never forget. It's one of the funniest moments um, we had laughing at that. That's uh, pretty damn funny. And, and pretty good. And and they didn't show this throw throwback for rightful reasons, but when CT and Adam Adam King went at it, or is that when CT decked the dude in the face? Yeah, and like yeah, yeah, I watched that clip. Like ripped through doors and and yeah, dude, he was destroying the whole house. Yeah, and um, he uh, they were wearing onesies. It was <laughs> like a onesie really? party. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's always something like that. It just adds some extra comedy to the mix. <laughs> I do want to ask I, – I forgot to ask this question earlier, but what's it been like now? You know, you obviously you filmed the challenge several months ago, but now you're watching it play out uh, on, the, on the television, but also watching it play out on the phone, on the computer, on social media. Uh, compare the fan bases between Florida Bama Shore and the challenge because, I mean, we do a podcast. We call them challenge maniacs because, let's be honest, you guys – are fucking maniacs. Uh, and I, I see you guys out there and, you know, even myself just hosting a podcast, I get some of it, but you guys who are on the show get a ton of it. What has the reaction been like and how has it been kind of, you know, figuring out how to navigate through the muddy waters at times of this challenge fan base or this stand base as some of them call themselves? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I've gotten a lot of support, man. I think I didn't think there was a lot of high expectations for me from the start, just because like I'm Gus from Florida, this party show, which I'm kind of like personified on that show to just kind of being like the sensitive pretty boy. So I don't think people expected a lot from me anyways. And so like, yeah, I didn't make it to the end or anything. And a lot of people might say like, I didn't do great on this, this past season. But I mean, I think I, I showed a lot of people wrong just because of all the, you know, just all the heart that I put into it. Like I gave my all in every challenge. I didn't back away from anybody. And so I think I proved a lot of people wrong with that. And so a lot of the challenge fans have really showed me a lot of love and support from that. Cause they say, they say that they can literally just kind of see my heart through the TV screen and see my soul through the TV screen. And that's like the best compliment I can get. Cause like I give my all into everything that I do and I gave my all into this challenge. And so it's really cool that people and fans can kind of resonate with that. 
What about like when you were getting into it with Amanda? Did any of the, any of the Amanda stands kind of <laughs> let you hear it a yeah, little bit? Yeah, some of them. But, dude, I'm so used to it. I had to deal with the Nilsa stands, and that's about the worst shit you can deal with because she's got an army behind her, let me tell you. And they all unleashed on me all the time. So I was kind of cooked for it already. So I got a little bit from like the Amanda fans, but I, it wasn't too bad. I'm, I'm pretty good at dealing with it at this point. People are going to get mad at you for something no matter what. So it is what it is. Awesome, brother. Well, where can people find you? Where do you want people to check you out? Do you have any other projects in the works or, or uh, you know, follows or likes that people can throw you? Anything else you got going on? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, obviously, all my social media handles are just Gus Caleb Smyrnios. Um, and then also, like, I actually have a nutrition company that I've been working with uh, built from the ground up, me, Jeremiah, and then one other business partner called Fit Strong Supplements. Uh, we have all of our supplements on there. The Geek Sauce is a pre-workout that I actually developed and everything. And so if anybody's looking for any sup- workout supplements or anything like that, definitely check out Fit Strong Supplements. Awesome. Geek Sauce, man. I don't even know if it would work for dude, me, but I love stuff. that name. Oh, yeah, dude. I made the name for it and everything. I actually made the name for it while I was at the beach house because um, they didn't want to say, like, we need pre-workout because, like, we would drink pre-workout before we go to the bar sometimes. I know that's probably not very healthy, but we would drink pre-workout before it. And so we would, like mix pre-workout with vodka and then we'd be like yeah this is a geek sauce and then i just came up with the idea from the name of it and then just made an actual pre-workout from the name oh that's awesome i'm fucking geeked right now i don't even geeked, know i'm gonna go dude, to I'm sleep hey that should get you geeked too man that's some good stuff <laughs> awesome brother. that's awesome um cool yeah i had one more question but i think we just ended on that i think yeah. that was good love it all right that works for me man Gus. thank you guys for having me dude it's been a blast thank you guys so much, brother. all right there he is gus smernios What'd you think? Yeah, what an what a different entrance to the challenge world, man, to the challenge universe. That's you know, that's that's kind of as different as it's gonna get, you know, next to, you know, a, a Snooky or uh, you know, D Pauly D or something like that. And I love that analogy you used of him being a superhero. Most superheroes like fall into a vat of nuclear waste or get bit by a radioactive spider or somehow come in contact with some sort of supernatural light. But he was bit by some sort of a supernatural challenge god, I guess, or producer kind of kind of bit him out there by seeing his his social media following. And and that's his version of that. I think he said, you're hot. Yeah. I mean, well, like they were picking people from that area, right? Like there's so, I mean, how many people actually like live in that area? I mean, not, I'm sure there's tons of people that live in that area, but like that are, you know, that they're going to just like, you know, pick out of the blue. Like here are seven people from Florida, Bama area that party here, you know, in the summers and are going to work for our, the next installment of the Jersey shore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's so weird. That's so weird. It's, that's just like getting hit, bit by a spider and turning into Spider-Man. He's now Gus from the Florida Bama Shore. And they, they probably play this show in, like, different countries. No. I Hey, hey, I'm not knocking it. It is, it is as close as we have in real life to getting bit by a radioactive spider. But, th- but that's the thing. It's like people do knock it, you know? And, like, you know, part of his family didn't like it. You know what I mean? And there's haters out there, like— you know, and here's this guy. He's just like gotten an opportunity of a lifetime. He's essentially hit the lottery after like junior college. And, you know, like you said, he was homeless for a little while. They're like, how could you hate on the guy? You know? Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. 
I, I certainly hear you. Uh, I can't hate on him after that episode. Really likable guy. Definitely feels like he's got a little bit of Hunter in him. I can tell that they're from a similar area, similar town. He grew up playing sports together. Hunter's a little older, but isn't it crazy when you, I mean, this is just, I mean, not even to say anything about UD and your age, but our age collectively, when you got someone who Hunter, to us, like Hunter is young as hell. Then you get someone who's like, yeah, Hunter's a few years older than me. He kind of took me under his wing. Like Hunter's the yeah. elder statesman to Gus. And to us, yeah. Hunter's like a little boy, you know? Yeah. Well, what's Hunter, like 28? Well, he's yeah, got, obviously he's 28. I think, he just he's tur- now, I think he had the math wrong because – well, not the math wrong. It's probably just one of those things where one of them was born at the beginning of the year, one's born at the end because Hunter's yeah. ber- Hunter, I think, was 26, and he just turned 27. Uh, actually wow. shares a birthday with my son, Brock, uh, was born on Hunter's birthday. So uh, oh, wow. March 20th, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he just no, turned get, 27. Yeah. So the way I understood it is like he was a freshman, like on the freshman football team while Hunter was a senior. That's what I think he meant by like four years, right? Yeah, something like, like that. Years. Who knows? You never know. But, it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, um, it could have been four no, grades, as you're saying, four grades. Yeah. I was surprised that I was surprised that he didn't really refer to him like, as, you know, like Hunter is like big bro. You know what I mean? Like when I'm, th- I, we didn't actually get into it, but like, you know, that's an automatic alliance. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it seems uh, like they kind of had that. You know, you if, yeah, early yeah, on, yeah, him yeah, and Wes yeah. are telling him what bedroom to sleep in. You know, that sounds like yeah, an and he's doing it, and he's yeah. doing it. Yeah. But then yeah. he fell for Johnny. He's like, I can't be ratting on this guy. He's funny. Well, no, no, he didn't. He didn't say Johnny. He said Zach the guys Kyle. in that room. Yeah. No, he said the guys in that room. He said the guys in that room. They're. You hang out with those guys on a daily basis, you're going to be like, ah, oh, this is some funny shit. You know what I mean? And they bring you in. They could be bringing him in as 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 their little bro too. You know? Uh, we we didn't get all we didn't get the full story. We didn't get all the secrets, Scott. But that's that's the cool part about playing that game. You sit there, you listen, you take it all in, and then you make your move. You don't make other, you don't have to make other people's move. You have to do what other people say. But essentially, Hunter and West put him in a pretty good position. By him being in that room, that's even in a better position. Now he's cool with everybody, you know? Yeah, and as he mentioned, you know, we didn't really end up seeing in the edit, but who knows if he had made it a little bit longer, maybe it would have played out uh, more. We would have actually seen how integral he was to that plan that Wes and, and Hunter had had. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, Gus. It was great. As I mentioned, if you want to let him hear it, hit him up on Twitter, at Gus Smirnio. So you can let us know, too, at Shot of Jaeger. He's at Derek MTV. On Instagram, I'm at Scott of Jaeger, and he's at Derek MTV. Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. And if you want our bonus podcast series every Wednesday after War of the Worlds, it's The War Room over at patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. And if you want to wear the hottest gear in town, if you want to rep the podcast while looking good doing it, if you want to support your challenge faves like Kara or Polly or Kayla or Marie or Mark or Darrell or Jemmy or Shane, go to challengemania.shop. Uh, we're running a sale on baby gear over there just because I'm in new daddy mode. I'm keeping it going for another week. So it's 30% off all the baby body suits, which are basically like onesies. You know, you button them on the bottom. My kid's been rocking those on a daily basis. Uh, they're adorable. So you can get some over there. You can get the story time with Mark Long onesie for your boy. And we'll be doing story time with Mark Long over at patreon.com slash challenge mania this month. So no better month to be a challenge mania patron than April, folks. They say April fools. I say April rules. Got anything else, D? That was good. I think you end on the April rules, my friend. You want to end on the April rules? Yeah. I want to see some Challenge Mania wrestling-inspired Photoshops in the spirit of WrestleMania week. If you got your Photoshop skills, put them to use. I'll send out a sticker pack. WrestleMania wrestling-themed 
photoshops this week. D, myself, however you want to do it, sending out some stickers. How's that sound? Oh, no, I was just going to say thanks to all the patrons. Really appreciate you and being a part of this. Yes, you're the best, guys. You guys allow me to be at home with my son more than I would be if I wasn't doing this. So that's that's because of you guys, because of you patrons. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much for that. So, Adios. Enjoy your week, guys. Bye. When do you think I should tell him that Caramania is a real thing? All right, guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Have you ever wanted to do your best impression of CT carrying Johnny Bananas around like a backpack on Cutthroat? Well, now you can with the M-Pack, the fully functional backpack that doubles as a weight training pack. And our girl Emily Schramm is nice enough to hook up Challenge Mania listeners with 15% off your entire order. Just go to www.thempack.com mania and enter the code mania at checkout. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Scott, who do you think I am? Leonardo Decathlon? I'm not ready to carry an impact full of weights yet. I sit around listening to you and D all day and watching Vendetta's trailers. Well, MPAC also has really cool looking gear as well. They've got soft, comfy sweatpants, a really dope hat, t-shirts, and some other gear that looks good on everyone and makes awesome gifts for the active person or challenge fan in your life. So if you want to show some love to one of the nicest challenge competitors around Emily Schramm and support the Challenge Mania podcast, all while scoring some sick new threads, workout gear, or backpacks in the process, go to www.thempack.com mania. And remember to use the code mania to get 15% off your whole order. Not 10%, we're talking 15% off. Anybody who cops some gear sends D and I a pick of you sporting it, we'll be sure to retweet you, shout you out on the show, and show you some love. That is one big pile of shit.